Welcome to Savvy Sabs Podcast on Colin. This is episode 111, Cornell West interview. Let's chat about it. All right. I see people are already lined up. The wonderful Ashura I see is first. Let's go ahead and bring you in. What's going on, Ashura? Just got to unmute and I just have to make sure I have my um, media volume on. There we go. Hey. Hello. How are you? Uh, I'm doing good. Uh, before we go, I, I know that Noelle is not, uh, she's not a speaker. I was going to talk about the reparations thing. I, I noticed that he didn't have it on on, a, on his policy platform. Uh, he talked about it, but I don't know if MPP is going to let him do it. That's why I brought it up because I noticed it wasn't on his platform. Yeah. Plus he didn't bring, he didn't also say that um, it was said in the chat uh, that uh, social media should be a utility because Jimmy talks about that too. And uh, the question I have for Noel, maybe she could repeat this again. Um, did uh, Native Americans get reparations? Because I had somebody in the chat, uh, Jilly, uh, Jilly Love. She was in the chat, and I wrote that uh, that uh, Native Americans got their reparations, and she was like, "No, they didn't get reparations." I thought Native so from people that I spoke to who are um, indigenous, I had this conversation with Delilah and with um, uh, Decolonize uh, Buffalo. Uh, podcast. And they explained that they received treaties, some treaties. But um, I think it's a little bit different. I don't think they they even call it reparations, because I did ask them, would you be interested in receiving some type of reparations? And they explained to me, again, these are the people that were on the panel. They explained to me that they are looking for, you know, measures in reference to land back and treaties. They're asking for different things. So that's what was explained to me, but um, I'll let Noel go ahead and chime in as well. Yes. Good evening, everybody. That's my understanding. This issue tends to be one of semantics because the native organized tribes were actually seeking sovereignty of a sort. So it was not really phrased as reparations, but the um, things that they gained through the treaties sought to um, affect a type of repair for the harms that had been caused. So you can argue that it is a type of reparative type thing, but because they were arguing for from a position of a sovereignty, you know, seeking um, treaties, then it's not, you know, phrased as um, reparations, but it is essentially repair. Okay. And uh, for the interview with uh, Cornell West Savvy, I mean, I really like the guy, but I was battling with the fact that uh, was it a good interview or was it a bad interview? And it kind of seemed like it was milk toast because sometimes he some questions he didn't basically answer them. He dragged on like a preacher. And I'm like, bro, stick to the issues. You don't have to give me that preacher shit because that's not going to work on the debate stage if he gets there. Well, I think. I think Dr. West realizes that, though, like when Dr. West, if you ever seen him speak at like conferences and things like that, he does not talk that way. But also keep in mind, too, that this wasn't the first time that I interviewed him and my show is a little bit more conversational. So when he comes on my show, same thing when he comes on, I think he's going to be going to RBN. I don't know if it's next week or the week after, but same thing when he goes on RBN, same thing when he's on a breeze show, like he talks to us in more of a conversational tone because, again, we're not uh, 
we're not like uh, uh, Amy Goodman per se at Democracy Now. Like it's a whole different vibe over there. <laughs> but yeah. I, but I hear what you're saying. Like he could tighten up, like or wrap up a little bit. Yeah, because like I'm wondering. I'm wondering if they're gonna give him that time if he gets to the base stage. They're probably going to say, "Hey, you're you're talking too much." Well, I don't think they're gonna let any of these candidates get on the debate stage. I think the only people that are going to be on the debate stage is Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Yeah, I don't think and, anybody else is going to even have the opportunity to debate, unfortunately. Yeah, and uh, when it comes to the questions, he really struggled with the Nick Rana one. I mean, I mean, he could have basically said that, that he, Nick's going to distance himself, completely distance himself from the People's Party or some shit. People were saying that tell him to tell to tell tell him to tell Nick to stand down, step down from the from the People's Party, and I would say that that would be the best choice. Even somebody needs to talk to Nick Brana and says, "Yo, you got to step away, man. I, if you if you got to go work with the Larouches, go work with them, but stay the hell away because the, they're gonna make him the same thing uh, Jake Uger made Brianna Joy Gray as a proxy for Jimmy Dore." They're going to make him a proxy for Nick Brana. And it's like he's going to be in the hot seat because that's probably you're right. Going to be you're right. No, I and I totally hear you. And the thing is, is like Nick Brana has none. None of this stuff is new, by the way. Nick Brana has been told this stuff before that it will be best if he steps down. Um, I'm pretty sure this is not the first time Cornell West has heard this. But the thing is, is that. It doesn't sound like that is going to happen. That was not the impression that I received. And the other thing is, too, apparently it is Nick Brana's party. So that's the other thing. If it's his party, if he owns it, then, you know, then what happens? And then there's also the thing that Cornell West said is that it was Nick Brana who came to him and approached him and asked him. And so when I said, do you have an idea who your campaign manager would be? I don't know about you guys, but it sounded like the campaign manager would be Nick Brana. That's, that what, that, the, that, that, that's what I was like. What the fuck? Did I, did I hear him say something like that correctly? I thought I had earwax in my ear when no, he said because he was Nick the Brana one was going to be. Yeah, he was the one who came to him. He was the one who asked him to do it. And I got to say this, guys, in no shade to anyone who's a part of the Green Party. But I talked to my Green Party friend the other day, and we had a whole back and forth about this shit. And I still stand by this one statement. This was a missed opportunity for the Green Party. This is specifically why I made sure to ask Cornell West, did the Green Party reach out to you and ask you to run through the Green Party for 2024? What Cornell West tell you? No. That was a missed opportunity. Like how, how we even get here? Like what, what were they thinking? Isn't he friends with that uh, Ajamu? Wouldn't Ajamu speak for him or, you know? Listen, I had this conversation with my Green Party friend yesterday and they were just like, well, I'm sure we would be delighted, you know, to to have someone like Cornell West run under the Green Party. But like he said, he's just a low man on the totem pole. He's not a part of the leadership. Yeah, because I was like, uh, <laughs> so the, the head of the MPP is going to be running the campaign. I'm like, yo, I was like, can a fucking head of a party do, do do that, like do double duty as campaign manager and fucking be the head of the party? I was like, there's, this only, I was there's, like, only, there's only one candidate. So, <laughs> so, so in reference to that, yeah, you can. Now, remember what he said. He also said that Chris Hedges and Medea Benjamin will be helping 
um, as well. Now, I'm, I'm really gl glad that Chris Hedge is going to be helping there. I think Medea's great with her activism. I think she's really good with that. But you heard what I said. I still have suspicions one because I know Medea's. Yeah, you can't have one foot in the Democratic Party and one foot in the third party. Yeah, his answer was kind of wishy-washy, too. It's like he didn't want to answer that question. He was like, I love Sister uh, Medea. I think she could be great. I'm like, no. Tell her to make a choice. Tell her to make a choice. Which which one is it? Democrat right. or, or third party? You can't have both sides. Because, I mean, how is she going to basically do Is she going to hopscotch on both sides? She was just hanging out with the squad, guys. But I think it's important to read the signs of what this project really is. We've already discussed that this is not a traditional or the most serious run for president, but it invites Cornell's West's voice into the forum as an interlocutor of sorts to make sure that the issues that are the guardrails of what's really going on are made available. Um, whether he gets the opportunity to speak so that his voice is broadly heard, we don't know. But when you think about it, this makes a type of perfect sense for this type of project. It's as if Nick Brown is saying, I have this vehicle. It won't get us to D.C., but we can drive it as far as we can. And Cornel West is saying, well, that works for me because I think, you know, without questioning his integrity, he understands that this is not a real serious run for president. It may take off and ignite that third party movement that we have been talking about. And I sense from who he is through his um, interview today. And by the way, Savvy, it was a great interview. Um, and to your point, Ashura, he is um, ministerial in part. And I've seen him on other formats. And he does tend to weave that my sister, my brother, all of this type of things in to remind people, I think, that he is not the typical political um, agent. And he is trying to suggest to people um, through his litany about DeSantis and all these other people that he can work with anybody. He even bad people he sees some value in. And so he's painting this um creating the zeitgeist of what would be him trying to steer this nation into a better path without disposing of people per se. And I think, you know, so when you consider what this project is likely is authentically, then everything makes it. Um, I would say, though, I wish I was there with you, Sabrina, because your expression, when he answered, he gave a couple of answers that were kind of, shocking to me when he said joe biden <laughs> ended child poverty i was like what the fuck he didn't he was like he didn't end the child poverty that was like a that was like a mean test that was like once they did it they, they took they took it out it well like, he, he he said he did say joe biden cut child poverty in half which for that short period of time they did yeah but, he, but then, they, he, then he said i heard he said it ended child poverty like why did you why would you start start with that one like Make no sense. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. Like, I, but I didn't hear him say he ended it. I heard him say he cut it in half, and like those are two different things. So I, I do want to be clear about that. But I will say that I don't know. I mean, I, what do you guys think? <laughs> like, what do you guys think? You know about the interview? Because for me, like, 
I really try not to look at the chat when I interview people because uh-huh. a lot of times the questions that people are asking in the chat are questions I already have on my list. Oh, they they, they were begging you, screaming. There was some yeah. cap. Yeah. You're like, I, I could see your eyes wanted to go to the chat. I'm like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, I go, I go in a certain order. Like, I never start off interviews with like the really tough questions first. I never start off interviews that way. Um, it's kind of like, you know, I, I build up to that, you know, and then I, I try to end, I try to end on a positive note, but I do build up to it. So I looked over at the chat one time and everyone was like, what about ballot access? What about MPP? What about Nick Braun? And I was like, I was just sitting there thinking in my head, like, oh my God, guys, those questions are on my list. Can you please just, just wait? (laughs) So yeah, I usually, I usually build up to those types of questions. I don't start off right out the gate with how are you running through a party that has no access? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that one, I didn't really hear that much that you answered on that one. I hope he doesn't basically keep using that my brother, my sister thing. Because if he were using my brother on Joe Biden's name, like, how is he a Christian if he's bombing and, and, and basically incarcerating people? Well, he, he said, well, he did, he gave an answer as to what the strategy was. I hope everyone understood that. He gave an answer, like, the strategy is people are going to have to go out and collect the signatures to get the ballot access. That's what he said. That's why I asked. That's why I asked, like, is the strategy to do like a writing campaign? You know, how are you going to get the ballot access? And he said the strategy was for them to go out and get the signature. So each state has a different amount that you're supposed to collect. And he, if he builds up a movement in the way that like Bernie Sanders did, you can get those signatures. Now you're going to have to overperform just to pass because we saw what happened with Matthew Ho because Matthew Ho got a little bit over and they tried to take some away. So you're always going to have to overperform just to pass. So that's important. But now I hope people know the answer to that question. That is the strategy. So now people know, but again, like Noel said, and like I said on call in the other night, I think people need to look at this more so as like building a third party movement. And I know Cornell West said, you know, he's in it to win, But I also think realistically, Cornel West knows most likely that's not going to happen. So, but you have, you have to build the third party movement at some point. So I think the best way of doing that is doing it with someone who has, you know, big name recognition that everybody knows, because look at, you heard what he said tonight. He said, I did not expect this to blow up the way that it did. Everybody's talking about it because a lot of people know Dr. West and that's what I was saying. And that's what people were trying to say about Jesse Ventura for 2020. They said Jesse Ventura will be huge for the Green Party, which was true. That would have been a huge story and everybody would have been covering, including mainstream media and mainstream media covered Cornell West announcement on day one. So what does that tell you guys? Um, what did he say about, um, this is the final question. What did he say about like, um, when you asked him, like, what would what would he do if he doesn't win? Would he tell people to go vote for Joe Biden? Because mm-hmm. people were saying that stuff in the chat. Would he do that again? So when I asked that question, he gave a similar response to like Marianne saying that he's in it to win it. Um, excuse me, not Marianne. I'm RFK Jr. He's in it to win it. And I let him finish what he was saying. And then I said, you know, I understand that, but you know, we can't, we really can't predict the future and we, we don't know for sure. 
So if you don't win, are you going to tell people to vote for Joe Biden? And so I was afraid that he was going to dance around it again. So I said, if it were me, if it were me, Dr. West, I would not tell people to vote for Joe Biden because you have to start the third party movement in some way, shape or form. And if you keep going back to the Democratic Party because you lose, then we're never going to get anywhere. And then I felt like he changed his response a little bit and said, yeah, I see where you're coming from. I'm with you on that. So I don't know. Um, feel free to jump in, Eric. I think one thing to, to keep in mind is that we're, we're talking about a very different race here. We're not talking about a, a Democratic Party primary where you have, you know, they lose the primary and then they're they're sitting around, you know, the only the only voting that, that would happen that would involve Dr. West would be on November election day, you know, so it, it's a very different animal. And so there really wouldn't be an opportunity for him to say, Oh, I lost go vote for Joe. Um, but well, no, he, he would, because Howie Hawkins did that though. You see what I mean? Like Howie Hawkins did that. And, and also Cornell West did that last time. Yeah, right. But he wasn't on the ballot in this situation. He's actually assuming things go well. He's actually going to be on the ballot and election day will be between Democrat, Republican, the the People's Party, you know, uh, Cornell West, the Green Party. And so, you know, that's how it's going to play out. Right. But the third party people, I I, I get what he could drop out. Yeah, that would see, be that's, another thing, but yeah, maybe I should have said that differently. But yeah, like um, you know, if the guys. But that's what's good about it, it's that it's not you know a democrat. You know, he's not running in Democratic Party. You don't have this nonsense. You have more like what the election should run, which is you know one big election day to pick, you know, to pick the president, and not all this other nonsense. That's a good point, Eric. Go ahead. No, but I, but I am still concerned about this because what we're really looking at is. The difference between a sheepdog on the farm and a sheepdog outside the farm. So according to the regular um, election process, we can see RFK Jr. is being a potential sheepdog, sheepdog on the farm. But because we have seen that play out with um, Bernie Sanders and Cornel West was actually a part of that orbit of Bernie Sanders, we all know that we've seen that and people are suspicious of it. So if he is now a type of sheepdog outside the farm, which means that he wouldn't have to do his concession or endorsement until the actual general election, it would still essentially amount to the same type of thing. And so that's why I am still concerned about that. I'm not, I don't because if he says, because that wouldn't happen until after the election and then it wouldn't matter because the election's over. No, what I'm saying is he could say at some point, well, it, it doesn't look, the polls don't show me it's being inside or I'm not on enough um, ballots because like Savvy just said, he's saying, well, the people will have to go out and 
do the legwork and get us on the um, balance. But if that is not happening and there's a likelihood that it may not, he can simply at any point when he decides to fold his campaign say, and because it's so dangerous and we're looking at a neo-fascist and a neo-this, that, and a third, I'm going to recommend or I'm going to endorse my brother Joe, Joe Biden because he is the lesser evil. So that type of narrative under a different set of circumstances is still available. And I think to, you know, to my point, I point. think that is still dangerous because it feeds the apathy that the system, no matter how you slice it or dice it, just doesn't. Well, I mean, at a certain point, you have to pick, you know, the least worst option, you know, and at this point, you know, he, he um, Cornell West running on the People's Party seems like the best option available right now, unless someone's got a better idea. Well, I hope I, I, I hope I got him. I think I got him to turn around on that at the end. That's why it I was funny. I, I, I felt like he was like, you know, treating you like an advisor almost like, like he would, it was like, he was pausing. It's like, Oh, is that what you think? Savvy? It was kind of interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, I still think I would make Chris Hedges the campaign manager. Sorry. We'll see what he does. Maybe he'll, <laughs> and let he was me thinking just... of, I mean, he definitely, he, he definitely paused and like, it, you know, and it was like, Oh, well, maybe I should think about this. You know, I, I, I do feel it would have been better if he and his campaign were more prepared for this, these questions, but I guess, you know, it's, it's a work in progress. It's just starting. Let me interject this, you know, Eric, to your point about least worst and, you know, the lesser of evils and all that, that I think is the, the great fallacy in the room. There is no least best. There is no lesser of evils. Whatever, if this system is yielding mutually unacceptable options, whatever interest we're starting to see now in Biden's term, he for the American, the masses of poor and working poor is the same as Joe. I mean, the same as Trump. If you're not going to act on the behalf of the people, the evil that gets in is the present evil. So a choice between evils is really a false equivalence in terms of a real choice because it is not. And I think that's what the the most apathetic Americans that I believe Dr. West is attempting to speak to are so afraid of. We've been let down time and time and time again. And so I understand this project not to be, like I say, a typical run. So I'm looking at it as a potential ignition of a third party movement. So I don't have the same criteria, but I think we must speak to what the real frailties and dangers are because people are concerned about. I, I think making a, d a demand that, you know, this be a movement, you know, and, and go beyond the election and just become a thing of itself is a good demand to have in all this. If that makes sense. Yeah, go go ahead, sure. I did. I want to make sure you get to finish. No, I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Uh, <laughs> if I if I have one thing to say, Fox News basically uh, dropped the ball on this one. <laughs> I agree. I agree. All right. Thank you, sure. I'm going to go ahead and bring in uh, 
Brady. Brady, you are up on the mic. What's good? What's good? I'm here. That interview was good. You did a great job. We were actually really impressed. We're all listening together here on Colin. We're like, dang, yeah, Sabby got him right there. Like, you know, the part where you mentioned Marianne working for the, uh, or I don't know if it's Marianne, but uh, you mentioned someone working with a Democratic Party as well. Yeah, we really like that part. <laughs> so excellent job with the interview. Um, my question is, you know, personally, I've been convinced that there's a necessity for a new third party outside of the Greens, outside of the Libertarians. I'm not really happy with either one of them. And I've been working on my own since 2016. So I've very patiently been waiting for everyone else to come to the same conclusion. And I'm wondering if this is that moment. Yeah, I think right now Cornell West is the best candidate that's running. Like that's that's just my opinion based on the, the policy, the issues that he's outlined on his platform. Because I feel like he has the anti-war message, defund NATO, but he also has the domestic policies of Medicare for all. And when you think about it, like Marianne doesn't have both on her platform and neither does RFK Jr. So I felt like he filled in that gap where they didn't actually have one of those things. Um, and then the other thing, too, that I think is important, the very first thing, like I said, when we first started, the very first thing on his platform that I saw was in the corruption. And it has to be said, and you just got to call it out for what it is. Corruption, uh, you know, get corporate money out of electoral politics. That was the very first thing that you saw. And I think that's very important, especially if you're running as a third-party candidate, right? But um, I thank you uh, for saying I did a good job. Like, I, I had so many questions, and I was worried I wasn't going to get through all of the questions, but I did. Um, I did end up going over time, obviously, but I think that... Um, you know, I think that I, I, I liked, like, I think most of his answers I did like, like, obviously I already knew where he stood in reference to Israel and Palestine, but for the audience, I have to ask that question. I knew where he stood in reference to the Ukraine war because I had talked to him about this before. So, but I have to ask some of these questions for the audience. Um, but I think it's very telling that like, now we know why he's not want running with the Green Party because they didn't come to him and ask him. And... Nick Brana came to him and asked him. And so I'm sorry, but I do feel like that was a missed opportunity with the Green Party. I just I just really do. You're absolutely right. And that's the reason that I left the Greens. I felt like they were feckless. They weren't serious. You know, they weren't serious about getting anything done. And so my question is, is now a good time to start building a new third party, like a, a legitimate organic party with some bylaws in the party that uh, specifically avoid a situation like Nick Brana, where um, it's written into the party rules that leadership can be flexibly um, switched out as necessary. I honestly think that, um, you know, people's party did have a board. I don't know if they still have a board now or not, but I know during the time when all this, these issues came up with Nick Brana, there was a board. And from what I understood, how boards work is boards can decide to vote you out, even if you are the leader. And I think that's I think that is what should have happened. Now, here comes the problem. It's not just that Nick is the leader. Nick, they control the money. So so this is where I feel like there should have something should have been different, like for Nick's father to control the finances. I think that was a bad idea. 
That should have been controlled by someone who was hired uh, as part of the organization, someone who is not a family member. Um, because now it's like, if you do vote to remove Nick Brana, well, then obviously that includes the father. The father's probably going to go too. Now you got to get the finance information from the father if he chooses to give it over. You don't know. I don't know. I thought Dr. West had a really good answer when he when he met, when he said now it's a presidential campaign and that turns it into a completely different animal. You got FEC filings, you got all kinds of, of audit auditing and whatnot. So I thought that was a really good answer. He, he pulled out of his back pocket. That's true. You're right. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm glad I got a chance to because I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now. Um, I don't know if it's just Nick that's going to interview him, but if. If CJ is going to be in that interview, I'm going to let you know right now. So that- CJ does not like Nick Brana. <laughs> that are being interview scheduled? I think Nick said it's I think Nick said either next week or the week after. I, I have to double check, but I think the thing is is like I'm just telling you guys, CJ does not like Nick Brana and if at least I I, I don't know. I got a chance to go ahead and ask these questions so CJ can be prepared. He already know what the answer is going to be in reference to the Nick situation. But uh, I, if, if I was Dr. West, I would just be prepared for that because that is a no-go for CJ. That is a no, 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 no. So, <laughs> um, the, R- the RBM panel was really interesting. I was watching it today, and I, I was expecting that it to be very negative, but they're actually – all sounded very, very open to it. I, I didn't hear CJ speak very much about it in the parts that I heard, but even like, like Dr. Zinkis, who of course was and still and said he still is an ally of, of Zena Days, even he said that that while he has concerns about about Bronner and all this, he's not going to let that derail his support for a Dr. West candidacy. And really, everyone seemed quite open to it. So I was, yeah. that was interesting. Big name. Yeah. I mean, people like, like you, people like Dr. West. Yeah, for me, like, you know, I'm not for me, like, yeah, the Nick Brana thing is an issue. Um, but again, I, I do kind of feel like the Green Party should have got a jump on this. I had this conversation with my friend yesterday and I said, like, I feel like I told you before, I feel like you guys don't want to win. Because how you let this one go by? How you let this go by, man? Like, <laughs> of all the people, like, especially since Cornell West is friends with people in the Green Party, like, how, and I don't mean, like, the members, I'm talking about the leadership. How y'all let this go by? Howie Hawkins, by the way, is running again for 2024, FYI. So I, I've always, I've said this before, I'll say it again, the Howie Hawkins faction of the of the Green Party needs to go. I'm just, I'm just keeping it real. It needs to go. How long well, needs to leave? I told him yesterday. I told him yesterday on Twitter. I said you need to leave the Green Party because he was, he was tweeting pro-war rhetoric, you guys, on Twitter, and he is the face of the Green Party. And so my friend tried to tell me, well, he doesn't speak for the Green Party, and I said I understand that, but he's the face of the Green Party. I don't know if people realize that. Like the face of the Green Party is not Jill Stein. The face of the Green Party is Howie Hawkins. And he has his own faction of the Green Party that doesn't even really go along with the principles of the Green Party. They sound like Democrats. 
He was a fucking Russia gator. That's why I said Howie Hawkins needs to step down. Y'all need to vote his ass out. Otherwise, people are not going to see you credible anymore. Well, my... But that's just my take. Go ahead, Brady. Instead of waiting for these people to act right, we need to start acting right and just start building a party the right way from the ground up in a transparent format that allows for flexible leadership where somebody starts acting wrong, we can simply vote them out, you know, transparently, democratically. And if anybody's ready to help me, I got, y'all know I got links and there's multiple ways to do it. If y'all don't like the way I'm doing it, I, I encourage anyone else to start their own as well. I think this is the perfect time to be starting new third parties. And, you know, maybe we have these third parties all kind of get together at some point and we have an open debate. We find out which ideas are the best. We let the best ideas rise to the top and we all join together under one party. This just kind of unites all independents together, at least, because the independents need a framework for after the election. You know, independents need a party themselves, like or at least a, a network that they can um, communicate with and work together on. Um, so we're not totally independent. That's a good point too, Brady. Go ahead, Noah. This kind of reminds me of the field of dreams. If you build it, they'll come. Um, I think, you know, what we're talking about with respect to the infrastructures of these various third parties or what have you is a real issue. Um, but I think when Dr. West spoke, and I forget what he was responding to, but he differentiated between a thermometer and a thermostat. And so when I think of his campaign project that it is, I see it as both. I see it as a thermostat with respect to setting some of the fundamental questions in play that really the other candidates need to be um, confronted with. He, I think his universal appeal is that once you get around his ministerial stuff, which is, you know, I have no problem with it. He is framing the issues properly. He is calling the actors out for what they are. He is speaking with credibility to the Israel-Palestinian situation, the Ukrainian situation, and he is trying to do so with a certain amount of appreciable nuance. So in terms of him being a presidential candidate, he is something of a thermostat because he can help set the temperature of issues that the other candidates need to be forced to address. But then again, when you look at his run from the party perspective and his need to gain ballot access, he is more like a thermometer in that if the people really are interested in what he's saying and they really want to see him win, then as a thermometer, we will see the activity to get him on the ballot and this and that. And so it would be a good read out of the temperament if the people are ready for a different type of change and if they're willing to do the work to make it happen. So I can see it from both perspectives. That's a good point. Let's bring in... Uh... Ned, Ned, you are on the mic. Just got to unmute. Thank Hi, you. yes. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Lovely. Yes. Uh, well, so first, I would just want to echo what the previous caller said and thank you for a wonderful interview. Um, it is uh, just it was serendipity that I turned on YouTube and saw that you were actively interviewing Cornelis live. Had to catch up on it because seeing that he announced for his presidential campaign just a couple days ago was 
I mean, it was instantaneous. The, the moment I saw the headline, I was just like, oh, okay, I'm in. Like, there we go. Where <laughs> but well, then it's, thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, of course, of course. But it's, I, and someone in the chat said previously um, that uh, in this case, that dwelling on the party was kind of a distraction from the quality of candidate that Cornell West is. And like, I can appreciate that point. But I think that, you know, there's times and places for different discussions. And I feel like with this audience in this place, I, I feel like most everybody here is kind of on. I mean, you, the poll you posted shows that it's like more or less everybody's on board with Cornell West or at least very amenable to him. It, it, I, I feel like the quality of his candidacy and him as a figure is without question. He's, he's almost without reproach. So I feel like that conversation can be set aside for the moment for a strategic and tactical conversation. Hmm. And that's where we get to the question about the movement for the People's Party and the People's Party. And that's where I've got like I've got serious questions and reservations here. Yeah, and, and I'm I'm sorry guys too cuz but like I had to ask those questions because you know, it's just people have to know. Like I can't tell people, "Hey guys, you know, you should donate or you should invest your money in something that has no strategy or has no ballot access." Like I had to ask those questions. I had to mention about the allegations that have come up about the People's Party because guess what? It's probably better for Cornell West to take those questions from me than to take them from uh Mehdi Hassan. Cuz here's the thing. If he ever goes on Mehdi Hassan, let me tell you, Medi going to take those those kind of issues and twist it in any kind of way, shape, or form. So Jesus. go ahead and get it out in the open so he can go ahead and answer that question and get used to answering it because other people are going to ask him about it too. Which is why I, I wonder why this vehicle in particular, because I thought Noel spoke very well recently with the, the metaphor of uh, – sheepdogs leading people to the farm or away from the farm. And I think that that's very good imagery and I appreciate that. But I, I want to use the imagery of, of a ship a little bit. Um, and I feel like if, if you're taking people from one place to another, you want the vessel that you're carrying them within to have at least like a modicum minimum level of uh, seaworthiness. And I just have serious questions about uh, the movement for a people's party. And these mostly stem, I, I'm not too familiar with the online discourse in the like YouTube commentator sphere um, around the people's party. My personal knowledge of it comes primarily from my father, who was the head of the senior circle and on the like um, head of steering committee or the, the um, board of directors for, for the people's party. Up until, um, oh gosh, I, I I forget exactly how long ago, but it was around the time of the uh, like quote unquote freedom convoy to DC, um, okay. and there was a big co controversy. That's when a lot of people started leaving. My father uh, personally was not uh, comfortable with um, aligning with a lot of these more right wing uh, movements. Uh, that was his view. But uh, a lot of people ended up leaving due to the sexual harassment allegations that followed shortly thereafter uh, or, or, or occurring around the same time. But uh, I, I talked to my father about this because, you know, Cornell West, immediately I got to call my dad about this uh, and People's Party, too. Um, and I asked him, please reach out to any contacts you might still have who were on that board of directors, uh, people who were the heads of various different uh, state chapters within the People's Party, and just ask, like, okay, how, how the hell did this happen? 
And basically, from what he gathered, um, they're, everybody left. The entire board of directors dissolved down to Nick Branya, his father, and this one other fellow, this uh, Brazilian fellow named David Mycel. Um, so that I, that explains a lot because I think I told you guys this when you go onto their website now. Nick Brana's name, like the board, their names used to be on the website. Like Nick Brana's name isn't even on that website anymore. And now it looks like the People's Party website is just Cornell West's campaign. Which, if that's the case, if this is entirely Cornell, Doctor West, and Chris Hedges coming in and saying, "Here is." If not the scaffolding of a ship, here's the blueprint of a ship. Let's take this and, you know, Theseus's ship this thing together. Uh, that's one thing. But I, I'm just, I'm deeply concerned as someone who knows some of this inner history of this organization that completely fell apart. Um, that I, I just, I, I'm concerned about the seaworthiness. I, I understand that too, Ned. Um, I also do know, and I don't even bring this up anymore, like on my show, because there's been so much talk about MPP and I, I get tired of like bringing it up. So I haven't talked about it in a while, but I also know that there were infiltrators too. I'm certain of that. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm certain of that. And from my conversations with my father, that does seem to be the case. My concern is that when people started leaving, when this, this controversy started erupting, there were people that stayed alongside too, uh, when um, the decision to have uh, Jimmy Dore be the candidate for the People's Party was made, uh, people who were willing to go along with this, oh, okay, sure, we'll, we'll work as, uh, with this, with this, we'll work alongside it. Um, and the way that that decision went about, basically, from my understanding, without contacting Jimmy himself, there, there were there was a meeting where people flew out, people from this this committee, this council, flew to. California to meet with Jimmy because, well, I mean, if we're working on his campaign, they, they chose to meet with him and he had no idea what the hell was going on. And there was is a time when Nick said, OK, so we're we're going to what we're going to be doing is we're dedicating ourselves to this campaign and we're going to be uh, going to all of Jimmy's comedy shows and we're going to, you know, do flyers and, and uh, poster boarding and uh, tables and all that. And, you know, people start, OK, so let's let's contact, you know, their, their people and, uh, you know, get in touch with the shows so that we can have this. Set. Oh, oh, no, no, no. Just just do that outside. Just just do that outside the venue. Well, that was the point where everybody quit, because that's clearly at that point not a serious institution. That, that's not a serious endeavor. There's so many flaws there, both the, at the execution level and the conception level and the communication level that I start to wonder as far as your question, as far as infiltration goes, like, how far up does that go? Because I seriously have that worry in relation to Nick Branya and his father and this uh, endeavor, because I think that there are an in, incredible amount of deeply well-meaning people, well-talented people who really do believe in this ideal of a third party, of getting away from the duopoly, who agree with these messages and these populist policies. Um, but so many of them just got disgusted because this thing seemed like a grift, possibly from like the top down, even to like people who were as close to the top as you could get. Like that's that's where my worries come from for this thing. And I know Dr. West is immensely qualified, incredibly wise. I have nothing but the utmost faith in him. I just and maybe he knows something we don't, man, and he, he should tell us. But here's the thing I would encourage people to keep their eye on. Um, this is an organic type of thing that's happening. And like I say, it's non-traditional. But 
we do know Cornel West's character, and he did mention, if I'm if I remember correctly, Savvy, he did indicate that Chris Hedges will be a part of the board now. Mm-hmm. So we know that Chris Hedges has a stellar reputation as well. And so if he is recruiting these type of people into the effort, we don't know what concessions were made in that discourse between Nick Brana and Cornel West about this endeavor. But clearly we see the effort to bring people in who we believe have high levels of credibility and are not going to have their reputations be smirched in a whole lot of mess. And so again, I say, you know, the momentum that's gained because of who Cornel West and the people he surrounds himself with, if that builds the momentum and attracts other people, this Cornel West will have to demonstrate, as well as Nick Brana, a certain amount of flexibility to respond to what the people are saying. So if they're saying, yeah, we can get out and we can work and we'll help get you on the ballot, but we need to see this, that, and a third, then I think they will have to move in that direction to demonstrate the credibility that's necessary to facilitate the upbuild of the infrastructure to facilitate the campaign. Yeah, I I think all of this is, you know, really interesting. And I, I will say, like, you know, I do applaud Dr. West for not like refusing to answer any questions. I've had people do that before. I've had candidates on that sh- on the show do that before. And, you know, it just I don't know. I I kind of feel like I might have gone a little too far by mentioning the money of of the the handling of the money where things may have been where allegedly have gone wrong in reference to Nick Brana's uh, father handling some of the funds, but I, mean, also, I think right. that's like I think that's the big issue. But I also felt them. like I also feel like it needed to be said. I um someone in the chat uh, in person, no, I I think that um I, again you you're speaking very eloquently here, and I think that you're making very uh well founded points. Um, it, it, this is immensely credible, well-respected people resting this uh, wayward ship away uh in in building something uh worth sailing, then I'm all for it. Uh, I just had my reservations and my un- information understanding that I felt like I needed to share. Uh, someone in the chat was asking uh, if my father had a name. Uh, Stephen Katz uh, is his name. He uh, uh, was the uh, head of the uh, senior circle and um, uh, housing, uh, I believe he was on the housing circle, uh, was um, part of the regional board. Uh, you were from Kentucky. So um, as far as uh, just giving validation there but yes um again phenomenal interview and uh i uh i i I may have my concerns and my misgivings but as i said dr west is the only most qualified person i can think of in the united states of america to possibly run for being president and i've long said that it was one of the gravest sins of the obama administration that they never had anything for him so i'm very happy to see this all the same Thank you so much, Ned. I wonder if there could be a thing with like um, uh, Cornell West and and Chris Hedges doing like interviews or or talking about it or, or whatnot, and and just kind of laying out, you know, what what their plan is and and how they're handling these things, you know. So hopefully, maybe they'll do that. Chris Hedges wrote an article in his Substack um, uh, on on some some of these issues, but I, I just yeah. I agree that more, the more He's information that. Yeah, he's on board. Yeah, I I had a feel. You know what? I was wondering when that article came out. I was like, Chris Hedges was the first one to break this story in an article, and I'm like, 
I wonder if Chris Hedges is a part of his campaign. I, I had wondered that, but I wasn't sure. They can't have not talked about it. Yeah, I tried to get Chris Hedges to run, too. He said no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're, you're doing God's work. <laughs> All right. Well, anything else, Ned? Um, no, just uh, keep doing uh, keep doing the great work they're always doing. Thank you so much for getting this interview out to the people ASAP. Uh, we need to hear more about what's going on with this and uh, keep the movement going. Awesome. Thank you so much. Uh, Lucy, I'm going to go ahead and bring you in and then I'll bring in Haitian J. You just got to unmute, uh, Lucy. You are a speaker. Yep. Just got to unmute. Oh, hi, everybody. Um, I hope everyone's doing well. Um, wow. Um, I don't know where to start, but um, I mean, I think I, I'm kind of I'm really happy that someone decided to run whether or not um, it's the perfect party. I don't think there is a perfect party. Um, like, uh, as far as I know, you know, not everybody's on board with libertarian economics. And the Green Party has all of these issues. I I, I, I like the Greens. Like, I, I've gone to things with the Bronx Greens. Um, but I know for sure that they have a lot of issues with the Howie Hawkins wing of the party. Um, and I, you know, all this stuff about Nick Brana, you know, I, I don't, I, I've decided to just not have an opinion about it because uh, I, I know Zainab and she's really a lovely person. I don't have anything bad to say of her. She was like, you know, great personality. I, she's also um, has less money. Uh, than Nick Brana. So I, I do believe some of the financial accusations and stuff like that. Um, however, I, I do want to say, uh, and I, I feel like people, well, other people for obvious reasons look over this, but I don't because I like, I know that um, Nick Brana is Chilean American. And I do want to say that Chile has, is one of the first third party experiments that we've had like on this continent recently, Chile, Colombia, and Mexico. Um, and I don't think it's a coincidence that um, he is kind of so intense about this third party experiment. Wait a minute. Um, oh, Lucy, I think you cut out or maybe it's just for me. Hold on. Oh, Lucy? Oh, okay, I think you cut out for a second, Lucy. Maybe um mute and then unmute. I'll bring in Haitian J in the meantime. Go ahead, Haitian J. Hey, how you doing, um, Stabby? Uh really like the interview. Been a fan from afar for a long time. So uh think you do a great job. Very uh it's always good to see a woman, a person of color going out and getting great interviews and putting out great content. This is my first time going call-in. Um, I'm usually in the Brianna Joy Gray um, call-in show, but uh, I like the vibe here. It's very calm and nice, and people are really informative. Uh, Noelle, it's the first first time I'm hearing her talk, and she's very into it and um, on point. She's saying a lot of good things that uh, I think I agree with her. For me, I would say that Cornel West 
in my lifetime, and I'm like 38, I would say he would be the best president candidate in my lifetime. There's a level of hearing him and reading his books and seeing how well he puts things in perspective. I think people on this chat should, you know, should also understand his gravitas and his speaking ability. And there's a level of me thinking he's similar to like a very older, wise Fred Hampton in the way that he has the ability to make kind of like a new 2023 version of a rainbow coalition. He never talks, you know, being a proud black man and never like going away from that, but he never talks ill of any other um, gender, any other sexuality. He also as a Christian, you know, um, he doesn't, he, he just doesn't do any of those things, any other race, any, so he definitely has the ability to bring so many different people together and to fight for, you know, the same civil rights and human rights that everyone wants to have in their life. So um, I think he has this a lot of potential. Um, I guess the reality of it also, how Noel is speaking is, this is just like testing the waters, right? Like, we all want to have a third party. Like the Democrat Republican duopoly is just complete nonsense. It's trash. We all know. We could even see how we we went through a worldwide event, and just a couple of months, it just broke right back into what it was before. Where you would think, you know, I, my friends would always joke, like say, because we're sci-fi nerds, we'd be like, all right, the only way the world capitalism thinks to fail is either uh, alien invasion a uh a a sickness that like goes and destroys everything or or climate control and almost two out of the three things are happening now and still capitalism keeps on going so there's a level of us if we want a third party to happen it's going to take and especially i guess the technology we have now more so than what it was 10 years ago 15 years ago 30 years ago allows us all to communicate we're on calling right now because of technology so i think um him being maybe the starting point of having a third party that someone like um, Sawant and the Workers' Party uh, or Workers' uh, Coalition that they, she's trying to put together and other factors and other um, leftists want to come put together. I think Cornel West might be the head of it in the sense of the figurehead that could lead to us having more unity and solidarity for the next years to come and laying that groundwork kind of like what Noel was saying, in my opinion. I think those are very good points. And, you know, I think uh, Dr. Wesson, and I definitely went over my time because I was going <laughs> to, what I was going to say there at the end is like, I, you know, I think if there is someone to do this, I think you're the right person to, you know, go for it. But I, I went like 35 minutes over time, but um, I was really trying to get all those questions in there, man. But uh, I, I think that, um, I think that you notice he said uh, towards the beginning, he did not expect this to blow up this way, you know? And it made me realize like maybe uh, Cornel West may not realize how how big he is, like how, how many people admire him and know about him. And like, yeah, it really did blow up. Like that that one little announcement video on Twitter got millions, like over 18 million views. So 
I think this is the person that people have kind of been waiting for, you know, to like, to do this, man, like just, just jump and go for it. And, and yeah, obviously there have been third party candidates and stuff before, but I think this is the first time we have somebody, at least in my lifetime with a really big name and could have been 2020 if it was Jesse Ventura, you know, but other than that, it's just like, and maybe this will set a precedent. Maybe this will set a precedent. So now more people who are, you know, as popular as Cornell West will feel inspired to make a go at it. I don't know. Yeah, I agree with you. And also, I think another thing is, um, even though people might be skeptical, Cornell West has, is, you know, to be real, he's seven years old. I I just looked it up on Wikipedia. Um, So he's, you know, roughly at the twilight of his life. And he's had, you know, kind of the thing that draw me to Bernie was his years of activism and all the stuff. Cornell has done the same thing, but also as a person of color. So there's a level of him when he talks about going to jail and doing all these things and the years and years he sacrificed of his own life, even putting his own life on the line. He's shown that he's willing to do that and putting, you know, Going in and becoming a uh, president nomination, the president nominee of uh, of a third party, takes a lot of risk. But also, I think he, I feel like him and um, Hedges, uh, Chris Hedges, are at the point in the life where they want to do like one more push to try to do all they can to set the other generations be, um, after them in the right place. So. Laying the groundwork and maybe having this third party where um, other, you know, the the um, Generation X and the uh, Generation Y and Z can, like, see, okay, this is how you start breaking this duopoly of, like, the two, the two uh, major parties. And Cornel West, I think, is going to be, it has the courage to call out every almost because when he did the interview with you i know there were certain things he didn't want to go in so in detail because he like he's mapping things out in his head but he had no problem going after trump he had no problem going after um biden he has no problem going after like every like third rail item that most of the uh democrats republicans would not want to talk about i think he's willing to say it but probably in his own way and like that level of courage, like if anybody hears it, like I, I think he's almost picking up the mantle of how far, you know, Bernie Sanders was flawed as a candidate, but he was the person that led me to know, you know, now me becoming a socialist, like he opened that door for me. And I think, honestly, if we all look at as ex-Bernie people or ex-Bernie um, movement uh, uh, collaborators, that Cornell might be the the perfect person to take that mantle up and take it to that next level because he doesn't have the same um, issues where Bernie had where he didn't want to go third party because he could have, but he said he didn't want to be the next Ralph Nader. Cornel Wills would want, does not have that issue and is willing to be Ralph, the next Ralph, now Ralph Nader 2023, especially having Hedge, uh, Chris Hedge being um, his being in there where he was there from, I remember seeing some interviews where he was talking about how he helped Nader like write some policies and put things together. So it's kind of like a full circle where uh, Ralph Nader 
started in 2000 or even before that and having some of those key people and those key people are going to be part of uh, uh, Cornell West's uh, campaign. I think Hedges being in there is, is really important. At least that way, you know, it's not just Brana talking Cornell West into it. You got Hedges in there, too. Right. I think that's that's a good sign. I, and you know what? It's like you have someone like Chris Hedges um, who has a lot of experience, obviously, in in reference to war. He's covered a lot of these war stories. He's a writer. Um, he's also you know a speaker, professor, that kind of thing. So you have someone in that realm. But then you also have the activism side where you have Medea Benjamin. Now, Medea Benjamin is an excellent activist. You know, like I won't take that from her in any way, shape or form. Politically, though, I, I think if if you're going to hold people accountable for supporting this war, that means everybody. And that includes the squad. So when she went to that event that she shared on Twitter and she said, I'm hanging out with the squad. My question was, where's your sign and your T-shirt to ask them to stop funding Ukraine, just like you present that to every other event that you go to that they are not present at. And that's the problem that I have. And I talked to Colin and Colin was at that event. That's where those videos came from that I shared uh, from the event. That was Colin's uh, videos. And Colin said, no, she was not there to protest them funding the war at all. So you have to be consistent with those things. You can't just give them a pass because you think they're your buds. I think we um, would do well to, all, you know, as um, Haitian Jay was speaking, I was reminded that, you know, when you think about it, Cornel West is really the anti-Trump. Trump came to us from the non-political realm and so does um, in terms of elected office. But he had this big, huge uh, media personality. Cornell West is one of our public intellectuals and he comes to us from a non-political, non-elected situation. But the beauty of this moment is that both Dr. West and Chris Hedges are both ministers. Yep. And Chris Hedges has written several books and he calls it out for what it is. Both of these men understand that capitalism and its influence on the governance structure is the problem. So to have that type of intellectual heft brought to the moment, um, Cornel West has spoken. He believes Bernie Sanders missed his moment. So I believe the combined um, weight of these two men who understand the existential crisis that not only faces America, but the crisis that capitalism is propagating on the world. I see this as them realizing this is the moment to speak that truth and try and wake the American public up. And they are damned if they don't take this last best chance to bring this messaging out. And like I say, it will, if it takes root like it has the potential to, it can force the issues of the day in a way that no other candidate is going to do because these men are not wedded to either the party or the system and they're willing to call it out. So we'll see where it goes. But I think it has a tremendous potential in terms of igniting that third party because the people within the system who understands it's broken and trust both of these men will come to their aid and will come to support, I hope and I pray, because we really are in a crisis, whether we realize. I absolutely agree with that. 
And uh, I'm actually going to step out because uh, I'm I'm trying to catch my metro to get home. But um, everything Noel said was on point as always. Um, I think the last thing that I would like to say is one thing that we um, as socialists and leftists is I think we have a deep, deep level of anger of how humanity has treated like us or treated people around the world and i think um i think cornell west and the way that he speaks and yes it i think it does matter that he has his fancy degrees and he went through the neoliberal school system and 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 went to harvard and princeton and teaching those places so because it it gives um people that care about that some level of um of um i would say uh credibility but also i like how when he talks especially with you sab that uh he talks about the working class poor like almost every other sentence like he he puts he makes it where capitalism and all of the things racism and all the things all the evil things that's under that umbrella he he shows people or he tells people and gives it a face and show and shows how it's how injustice and how foul it, it, it all is. And calling that out and, and having no fear in calling that out means something. And bringing, trying, when, if he, if um, in some dream world, if he was there having a debate with Trump and Biden, whoever, there's a level of how can you, how can you walk away from all the misdeeds and killings and evilness that goes around and him telling you like you're hurting these people like the everyone you're hurting from people in the global south people in africa people in south america all over the world are get hurt because of this empire and how and we and domestically and foreign policy matters like how he talked about they come one and one so um, I think him bringing that humane face onto that this system is just not good for anybody except the one of one percent is a uh, is a great deal. I, I wish him well, and hopefully he he keeps fighting the good fight. Have a good okay. one. Thank Bye. you so much, Haitian Jay. Lucy, I want to bring you back in. You you dropped off when you said that Nick Brana is from Chile, and I'll bring in Levi as well. Oh, can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, yeah. So I um, I noticed that basically, um, so I mean, obviously we're Americans, right? But um, I noticed that Nick Barana is kind of from the same immigration wave as I am. Um, so like uh, both of our families left South America around the same time, the same military dictatorships. Obviously, like Chile is the neighboring country um, to us. But um, what I wanted to say is that I don't think it's too much of a coincidence that Brana, like, because he's Chilean-American, he's the one that has been working so hard on this third-party idea. Because Chile is one, is one of the three countries that recently got in a third party, like, on this continent. Um, there's Chile, Mexico, and Colombia um, that have yeah. very recent third parties. And... Um, uh, so, you know, I'm not going to focus too much on the personality stuff. I don't know him. I don't, you know, I, I don't know. Um, but 
the the thing okay, that I wanted to point relaxed. out is that um, uh, when after they uh, elected the board, they um, decided to put to draft a new constitution, um, which is a very interesting idea. It would also be very interesting in the U.S., right? Because you know even our electoral system. Is based on slavery, basically totally outdated. You know, there's a lot of stuff that has to go, as well as stuff for like women's rights and stuff. You know, um, uh, putting Roe versus Wade in the Constitution. People always talk about stuff like that. Um, so what Chile did was they really tried to draft a new Constitution, and they and if you read the Constitution, which I, I really think um, uh, you know if you have the chance to do it. Um, I posted it on Twitter at one point. I, I, I think I have the unrolled thread somewhere. Um, but uh, if you read it, it has all kinds of stuff, you know, from like disability rights to the right to produce and sell your own seeds, which would cut into, you know, like big ag, um, to uh, uh, racial rights, to, um, you know, the indigenous tribes. Like there's all kinds of stuff in there. But the thing I wanted to point out was that um, the, the Constitution got voted down. And I think part of that, uh, like by the public, um, part of that is that they kind of focused really heavily on social issues and they put it at the top of the Constitution um, instead of the more general economic issues. And uh, the like the whole the Borg presidency is not as popular as somebody like AMLO, who's kind of like much more careful about getting roped into the cultural wars. Um, I don't, you know, Chile is kind of still a very sexist country and you know, it's not, you know, I'm, I'm not sure the, you know, putting gender parity first as, as important as it is. Um, I'm not sure it worked, you know? So I think um, a lot of us that like kind of take a, you know, you know, South Americans, like, it's still very conservative in a lot of ways. So I think um, the mentality for us is that we kind of try to resolve some things through electoral politics and other things through culture. Whereas, like, you know, the American strategy is to try to resolve all of these social issues through electoral politics. Um, That's interesting. So so I, I don't think... I, I think part of this disagreement is cultural. I think, you know, maybe, maybe, I don't know what the situation is between the people that, that were there, but I think it's possible that he just had a different approach, like a different view of, of how this would work, and he didn't want it to fail. Um, because uh, it, it really did not go well when the Constitution was voted down. But now it seems like they're making progress. Why? Because they're focusing on an economic issue, which is the nationalization of the lithium industry, which is something almost everyone in Chile agrees with. So um, I don't know. Um, I'm just putting that out there because it's just kind of that's how I understand it. And, you know, maybe it will help people understand him. (laughs) Well said. Let's bring in Levi. Levi, how you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Yeah, you you did great in the I thought in the interview. Oh, thank you, thank yeah. you. I never know if I'm doing well with these things because most of the time I'm not 
I, I'm not the one doing all the talking. So well, you did a great a great job of asking the right questions and uh, asking some of the more difficult questions, and then and also like not just um, like like when you asked about Medea Benjamin, and I knew that you, that was an issue for you for another reason, and I wondered whether he was even aware of it. He didn't seem to be, and the way that you just uh, kind of your eyes widened. That was about the only tell you weren't like <laughs> you didn't jump on him or anything i thought it was really great um but i love cornell west i've I've listened to him and chris hedges uh ever since i've come to america um, and i'm 48 so haitian i'm 10 years older than haitian joe or haitian uh, jay and uh yeah i thought corbin in england and um you know bernie here was probably the best i would ever see the only people i wanted to vote for um, and didn't have the opportunity, obviously, unfortunately. Uh, and obviously, Corner West is super exciting. Um, I have to agree with Noel's assessment that, you know, could be an amazing catalyst and probabilities aren't high, that it, that it you know, aren't as high as, you know, as I would like it to be uh, pra- practically, perhaps. But then again, perhaps. You know, who knows? We are in an era of crisis, as everyone's saying. It is a crazy time. And I think, you know, as much as the zombie doctrine of neoliberalism sort of marches on, I mean, like, like I think it's Russell Brand or someone who says that, um, you know, Biden is like the perfect embodiment of this uh, of this system. Like everyone said of uh, Trump. Trump is the real face of the American empire and they don't want it because it's uncouth and violent and nasty. <laughs> and there's this sort of idea of like, this is the real face of America and we need someone that's um, normal, quote unquote. And then we put Biden up there and he's like, literally his teeth are falling out of his face. He's, he's just, he can't stand up. Uh, the man is, is not well. And it's obvious that whatever cocktail they have him on sometimes gives out and he, he just, he can't, he can't handle it. And you look at, you know, Harris and it's like, they haven't even got a vice president that they can turn to, or they haven't got anyone of, with charismatic personality, no one uh, credible to turn to. Uh, judge and all of those sort of people uh, are being taken down by circumstances, which thankfully with the, um, you know, something good coming out of the East Palestine situation is that people aren't able to say uh, that he was a great transportation minister and stuff. Uh, so there's a lot of things going through my mind, but um, I'm excited for Cornell West, uh, bringing uh, Cornell West to an even broader stage. I can't believe that there are people that are not familiar with him. It seems like he's, I feel like, you know, because I've just been tuning into him for so long, uh, I could sort of repeat so many of his, uh, you know, bits of his speeches, same with uh, Chris Hedges, and for them to come together and to to get, uh, catch our ear and have JFK Jr. up there at the same time, embodying the sort of CIA issue um, in his in his very being, um, that's kind of, kind of amazing um uh, so i've got a lot of hope and uh, and uh, also some trepidation about you know uh i'm about to stop my ramble some trepidation about the um what what will be brought out to bear like for example nick branner not great situation but hopefully we won't get tripped up thinking about one man and his dad and what they may or may not have done in the past and let that get in the way of like 
this catalytic this this catalyst moment uh, to kickstart left as Nell said left movement. Um, That's a good point. I mean, we're not um, you know, we're we're not judge and jury. You know, to to be honest, we're not we're not judge and jury, but. Um, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I do think, though, it would be best if Nick Braun walked away from this. For sure. For sure. <laughs> you just don't need the headache, right? I mean, was it what's his name? Jeff, whatever his name was, that was behind Bay, um, Bernie's um, campaign, the first one, 2016. Jeff Wheeler, Walker, Jeff, whatever his name was. He, uh, Jeff Weaver. Weaver, that's it. I know it's a W. Jeff Weaver. There were some issues with him at some point, and um, you know, you just don't, you just don't want those issues with people in the background to cloud um, the. You know, if there are issues with the candidate, that's another thing. But if, if you've got a good candidate, you don't want those kind of background issues to cloud the thing. But he's obviously uh, rather reluctant to to let go, and you can't, I suppose, um, count him guilty until he's gone through some kind of adjudication. But it, if it's really messy that's not good for anyone uh running with that in the background it takes the focus off of him you know it's an easy target so it would be a shame for that to derail him but uh like like uh noel and other people are saying you know cornell's got like such a great um ethos or credibility um there's so many people because hedges to that hopefully if they can assemble like a a team of people with a great deal of credibility, they can uh, get through this um, this initial stage and, uh, and work out the, you know, the platform and the, and the um, structure on which they're going to you know, make their, their candidature. Uh, well said, well said. I yeah. just want to make sure I bring in um, Kirby too, because I'm not going to be on long tonight, but um. I'll come back to you, Levi. Kirby, I want to make sure you get a chance as well. Just go ahead and unmute. Hello. Oh, Kirby, you just got to unmute. Kirby might be having difficulty. Uh, go ahead. Um, what you were saying, Levi. Oh, I was just trying to, I was trying to mute there as well. Um, no, I, I was just going to say, yeah, you've been a real trooper going straight from that uh, show to the call in and, yeah, it's um, short by your standards, but still a, a decent, a decent one. And um, yeah, I really enjoyed hearing everyone's like take on the mayor. I'm, uh, as I say, I'm just a little surprised that some people were, um, it, which is, I guess, that happens with everyone. I just thought, oh, Cornell West is like beloved and known by everyone, but I guess there's still people that are discovering him and have questions, and it's really good to give him a chance to like field the. You know the basic questions first, and then get down to brass tacks. There you go. All right, um, Kirby, hon, I invited you to speak, but I'm just going to go ahead to bad cookies. Bad cookies, what's going on? Just got to unmute. Ooh, crap! I was not prepared there, Sabby. How you doing tonight? Hello. <laughs> all right, uh, I'll, I'll try to spit this out like the micro machines guy because I know you're not trying to stay up all night. So here we go. This is the uh, notes that I took about your interview with uh, Mr. West. Um, I thought the interview was so-so because uh, there were several questions that you asked him where he sidestepped the question or filibustered your question, and he kind of pseudo-answered it, but he didn't really answer it. For example, when you asked him, uh, will he be calling out the agencies, he said, I'll call out and clean it up. 
uh, that still remains to, that's more of a wait and see kind of thing. I don't believe he's going to do it, but I'm a cynical person. If he does it, fantastic. That's beside the point. Anyways, um, so he said, call out and clean up. He directly answered that question. And then when you asked him, the very following question was, will you work with RFK? He did not answer that question directly. He's, he gave you a real soft no. That to me meant he's not giving you a direct no because he wants to be able to someday come back and say, yeah, I'll work with him. I believe the thing. Wait, you didn't. You didn't think he. You didn't think he answered that question. I thought he did. I thought he said that he's he's worked with him before and on um other past uh, projects. I thought he said he was willing to work with him to collaborate. I see. That's what I was thinking too. But when I was talking with people in the the audience, I was like, um, he's filibustering us a lot. But from what I got from his filibuster was it was a soft no, like he was saying, I I don't know. He's we're not kind of aligning with certain things, but like you said, even he said it himself, I'm willing to work with anyone on issues. Like he said, when, when you asked him about Medea Benjamin, the very, he said yeah. the very same thing with Medea Benjamin, I'll work with anyone as long as we work on the issues. And that one was a direct answer, but even then he was sidestepping that Medea one. Since we jumped to, uh, straight to that one, he, he really jumped quick off of that. But didn't he just, wasn't he saying in general, it's the whole thing of where we align, we'll work with people and where we don't align, we won't. I mean, that's what I thought I was hearing just as the general answer to that. I mean, what, what do you I, expect him to say? That's what I thought too. Like I, that was the impression that I got, like what he was basically saying that like, cause with the RK um, junior thing, I did say like, for example, in reference with like the anti-war like movement. You know, I gave that as an example because that is an area where they do align. And um, the impression I, I thought he said, I have to go back and watch, but I thought he said, yes, he has he has worked with him before. He's collaborated with him before on environmental issues. And I thought the impression that I got was that, yeah, he's basically willing to work with anyone where they where they align. Uh, I'll have to go back into that, too, Sabi, because uh, I, I think I might have misinterpreted him as well then, because like I said, he kind of filibustered a lot of these things. And I tried my hardest to pay attention to him because I know he likes to do that a lot. So I try to focus on what he was saying. I might have misunderstood him on that one then. But well, the funny thing was, uh, I just want to say real quick, the funny thing was um, when I asked him about the Biden question, I glanced over at the chat for just a second and Notori's comment came up. And I saw Notori say, ask him again. <laughs> oh, my God. Sabby, that's a thing you killed it on tonight. You did you did amazing with the follow-up questions. Cause like you said, you saw, you saw Natery say that all, all of your follow-ups were amazing. Like you made sure to stick them to it. And I think that's why he changed his mind at the end when you asked him uh, about whether or not he would endorse Biden, if he bowed out, he kind of like tiptoed around it and he didn't really say or give a good yes or no, but you, you followed up on that and he gave a more direct answer. And I think he even convinced them to not follow that approach which was amazing, which was a really good job on your part. I I hope so. It's just, you know, when I heard him say I'm in it to win it, I was like, oh, man, nah, man. That's the same question. That's the same answer that RFK Jr. gave to Kim yep. Iverson. So I was just like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> yep, no, you're right. No, no, you're 100% right on that. Because I said the same thing too, but I let that go. And I'll, I'll get my last point and then get the hell out of here because there's people piling up. I got to get out. All right, so... uh. The the one thing that I really that really bothered me was when he said, "Did the Green Party call?" When you asked him, "Did the Green Party ever bother calling you?" and he said, "No," that to me told me that 
the Green Party has no intentions of running Cornell West. And to me, I'm assuming, this is my assumption, that is by the orders of the Democratic Party because Cornell West in the Green Party would be detrimental in the primary, not the primaries, uh, the presidential election, and he would be a spoiler candidate to Biden. And they do not want that. And I think that's you why think, they... You think ahead, the Democratic Party has a play in that? Absolutely. Uh, right now, the Democratic Party is 100% okay with, with uh, Hawkins. Why? Because Hawkins is a good little, he's a good little boy. He'll do what the DNC tells him. I, I feel that Cornell West is also a good little boy and he'll work a lot with the DNC, but he's not as bad as Hawkins. Hawkins is more of a yes man. And I think they have their hands in, I think they've infiltrated the Green Party, to be honest with you. 100% flat out honest with you. I think they have fully infiltrated that Green Party and the DNC right now in its current iteration is being controlled by the DNC. And that's why I think they did not want Cornell West in the Green Party because he is a threat in the Green Party. He is not a threat in the People's Party because they know they can fix and rig the election so he won't even be on the ballots. That I am 100% positive on that they're going to do that. So as long as he's over there and he's not in the Green Party, Green Party already has access to the ballots. He would be a threat to them in the Green Party. And that's all I want to say, Sabi. Thank you so much. You did fucking amazing. Good job. Oh, thank you. Uh, Green Party, man, we, we argued about this. Me and Justin argued about this back and forth yesterday. And I told him, I was like, he said, because um, he tweeted out um, that he should be running with the Green Party. And so I responded and said, did the Green Party ask Dr. West to run? And he said he didn't know. And I was like, well, I'm going to ask him. <laughs> and, and I did because I wanted to know. So now we know the answer. They didn't ask him. So my question is, how could they how could they miss that moment? Like, seriously. And so I told him again yesterday, I said, I don't feel like the Green Party actually wants to win. And then that a lot of it goes back to the Howie Hawkins faction of the party. And I said, again, people keep telling me Howie Hawkins doesn't speak for the group, but Howie Hawkins is the face of the Green Party. And right now he's tweeting pro-war rhetoric. He had a debate with Jill Stein and she killed him uh, in reference to the Russia-Ukraine war. Howie Hawkins sounds like a liberal. When Nick interviewed him on um, RBN, he told Nick, he said, well, at the end of the day, you got to just vote for Joe Biden. And I was like, motherfucker, what the fuck is the what what the fuck you got the Green Party for then? What the what the use? What's the use of being a part of a third party if you don't actually even want to try to win? If your default is just going to be where you just got to vote for the Democratic Party so you don't get the right wing fascist people. And I consider Joe Biden to be a fascist for those who are not aware then my thing is, is like, what, what is your purpose? Are you an op? Are you an infiltrator? You really don't want this party to succeed. You really ain't trying to win. Why is this guy running for president again in 2024? Get out of here. You know, you are a weak candidate. The Green Party knows he is a weak candidate. And yet this guy is running again, because again, the intention is not to win. If they were really trying to win, I feel like they would have tried harder to get Jesse Ventura than they did. Jesse Ventura came on my show. I interviewed him about this as well. And his response to the situation is very different from what they're saying. I also recommend that people go back and watch the interview that Nico House did three years ago with a Green Party member explaining that the Green Party rigged their primaries so that Howie Hawkins could get the nomination. Yes, oh, for people who are not aware, the Green Party does have primaries. 
So I recommend you watch that interview. I'll see. I think he gave me the link for it. I can put the link in the chat. But that's another thing. Like, what is that all about? Who's running this party? Who's controlling this party, man? Let's bring in um Case. Case Study QB. Yo, what's going on, Sabrina? How you doing? Hey, Case, how you been? Very good. Much love to you. Much love to the chat. My people's bad cookies and gamer for life and, and weird program, everybody. Much love. So, yeah, I totally agree with you. I remember all the drama with the Green Party. And so th there's one thing that if you are a part of a party, there's one thing to recruit a candidate because you have nobody. And then there's another thing um, that if there are people who jumped in a, a, a particular race, then you have to hold and officially have that primary. So, like, let's just say the Democrats, there was literally nobody else but uh, Hillary, then you'd be like, okay, they, they're just going to go with that person. But if it's Hillary and Bernie, now you have to really make sure that you're, you have fairness, you run a, a person. So in the case of Justin Ventura, they should have definitely had him um, run through the, the primary. Me personally, I and I would have voted for Jesse, but to be fair, as far as the how the Democrats and how parties should run things, he, I think, he, I wish he would have had the patience because he literally wanted them to just give it to him. I wish he would have had the patience to go through a primary. I think he would have smashed the debates in a Green Party um, debate, and 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 then with Cornell West, you know, the People's Party, it looks like they don't have anybody else running. I'll be curious if somebody else says, "Hey, I want to run too," and then they have an official primary. But I can understand that they just go with him if there's nobody else there. But I'm I'm kind of excited. I watched your full interview, all of it, and I'm kind of excited about Cornell West being that outsider um, person. And he, man, he is so unapologetic about his stances. Like it really excited me because I read the book Asada about Asada Shakur. I think it's an excellent um, autobiography of, of, about her life. And when he said he would um, pardon her, I, I mean that's the stance that to this day. Uh, there was a press uh, conference, like I think it was in the last year, and they came out again and said, "Oh, we're looking for Asada Secure, and we will give this amount of money." And I mean, I'm, they had black people on the press conference too. I'm like, man, I would be ashamed to be a part of that police press, uh, FBI press conference, saying that she's one of the most wanted. I mean, it's ridiculous how they treated her that she's now in Cuba and has to live out the rest of her life. But um, mm -hmm. the fact that he's for Medicare for all. Uh, I'm very excited uh, and I'm looking forward to some good things happening. But of course, there is criticism. I, I, if I was him, I would have said, hey, I will run as a people's party, but Nick Brown has to step down. His father has to step down. Me personally, that's what I would have said. Um, but what you think, Sabrina? I would have said the same thing. Um, I, I tried to like push him like, I don't know if anything, if this is going to change anything or not, but I did try to give him a heads up like, yeah. Um, I would make Chris Hedges the campaign manager. I like that idea. You know, too. but then now, I don't know how. Do you think he has enough experience being um, with that type of thing? I know he ran before. What do you think? I think so. I mean, um, you know, Chris Hedges. Yeah, he. he what about Cynthia? Any? Oh, I'm sorry. Finish your thought. Finish your thought. I thought about Cynthia, but she doesn't live here. Oh, okay. That's the only other thing. I, I asked her if she would run again um, as well, and she said, "Never say never." But um, but then she also said, but then she would have to move back to the states. So um, yeah, she doesn't she doesn't live here. But um, I, I mean, one thing I, that's I, I trust Chris Hedges. I don't trust Nick Brana. I mean, one thing that's tricky is that I, 
Dr. West did make pretty clear that the only reason he this was happening at all was because Nick Brana asked him and got into conversations with him. So it is a little tricky then for him to just say, okay, thanks, you're out. It It is a funny situation, you know. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, that, that is, is true. true. Yeah, because he was the one that did ask him. So that's that's the other thing, too. I mean, it's, it's weird because sometimes people who, who, you know, who have all kinds of aspects that maybe you don't like also have these aspects where they're bold enough and they just go and do it. And he just went and did it and got this campaign going. So, I mean, it's, it's you got to give him props for that no matter what else, I guess. I would love I mean, to hear that. I will, I will say this. I mean, Nick Brana is doing things. And, you know, I, I will say for the longest time, people have said the People Party has no candidates. Now they have a candidate and now people are mad they have a candidate. Like, I just I I, I don't know. Like, I, I get it. I understand there's issues with the People's Party. Like I said, we brought up the issues tonight. We talked about the ballot access. What's the strategy? What's the plan? We talked about all that um, tonight. But I will say that um, sometimes I feel like people aren't going to be happy either way. And I also feel like some of the same people that told me he should have ran with the Green Party, those same people have also told me for years that the Green Party is pointless. So I'm confused. I think because of the ballot access, um, that would make it a little bit more easier. I think I, I listened to um, Brianna had uh, someone that was an expert in like ballot access, and, and it was a discussion about them. Um, what's it called? The Dirty Break. But uh, it was an interesting conversation because they talked about ballot access and, and various uh, things like that. And it talked about how running as an independent gives you the most access. Like if you could just get on the ballot, forget about a party, just get on the ballot as an independent and you would have a lot more success. For so I'll be curious to see what the People's Party, um, their strategy to get on the ballot will be moving forward. He did say that he's they're going to have a lot more time than um, Ralph Nader did when he ran last time. But one thing, and, and I, I'm sure um, if you don't mind me uh, sp talking about it real quick, that uh, we, we talked about me coming on your show this uh, coming the, the 13th, the 13th uh, June 13th, Tuesday. And I will be finally, <laughs> after all these months, premiering uh, doing the test of the mutual aid party. And I'm going to be giving out, I'm going to be presenting what I have so far. I'm going to be giving out a, a special URL or a non-public URL. I'll be making it public so that people can create accounts. We can do test tickets and things of that, that nature. But the reason why I brought that up is I wonder what Cornell's West, if he'll be interested, along with doing his campaign, doing a mutual aid, um, division having a mutual aid campaign manager, or you know, specifically for mutual aid, because I think even if he can create teams using whether it's through my site or just doing it in general, that can help bring people together, that can help bring people to his campaign, that could bring in um, people that were not, not included into the electoral process. That would bring them in and say, Hey, if this person's going to feed me, help pay my rent, etc., 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 I don't mind giving them my vote. What do you think, Sabrina? I think that's a good idea, Case. Case, have you talked to Dr. West before? I've never talked to Dr. West before. Okay. I would love so, to talk to him. Yeah, maybe you should, because, like, I mean, he probably knows of you, because we, a lot mm -hmm. of times we play your clips mm -hmm. and give you mm -hmm. shout-outs and stuff. 
Mm-hmm. But um, you know, I'm going to be going. To, I plan to go to the Workers' Fight back in New York City. It's going to be happening this Friday. So I'm hoping to meet Charlotte Sawan. I interviewed her before, but I'm hoping to meet her in person and talk to her about uh, a little bit more details about the mutual aid um, party. I talked to one of her um, campaign staffer, name was uh, Mike, Matt Smith. And uh, I'm hoping to talk to him about the mutual aid uh, party initiative. And um, and then we'll see see what goes from there. You know, who knows? I, I think this could be the start of something uh, very revolutionary. That sounds great. Let's bring in uh, Notori. Kirby, I don't know if you can unmute or not, but go ahead, Notori. Hello. I just wanted to say the interview, you always do good with the questioning, but I just feel just a little, little iffy about Cornelio. <laughs> a little weak. I just feel like he need a little Going forward, he need to just put his feet down on certain stuff, like be straight forward. To me, it was like kind of, it can blow either way. But like with the Nick thing, just say that he don't stand by him and just move on. Because I'm sick of seeing these shit libs, like um Crystal Ball and the others, clutching their damn pearls, talking about, like they actually bring up the neat thing, but yet y'all pushing for Joe Biden. They actually rape the person, so they can miss me with it. But like out of um, what's her name, Mariana and Robert, I will vote for if I was voting, I will vote for Cornel West any day because he's not a Democrat. So I can already see one of the comments on the video. Someone pointed that out. They said. Um, listen to your interview. Um, we can listen to this because we're used to it. But if he's basically lost or short, if he's running as a politician, he's going to have to learn how to answer questions directly and to the point. I just saw a comment about that. And I think, I think that's fair. Yes. Cause um, the, like I was expecting a little bit more from him. Like, I love him. Like, I love him. But I'm still going to walk him like a dog when he need to be walked. (laughs) I want to hear from you guys. What do you think about that? Uh, Roger, you haven't spoken yet, so feel free to jump in um, whenever you're ready. But what do you guys think about that? Do you think he took too long to answer the question? Let me know. Hello? Hey, Roger. Hey. So, a couple of things. Uh-oh. Um, I was just sitting back in the cut listening to everybody for the past couple of hours, taking everything in. You wouldn't have these problems if we didn't have political parties. I just want to start out with that. What Case said about independent can get on the ballot in every state or whatever the case is. I support that. I always support independent over third party because I'm a party abolitionist. Number three, um, you can really mess up the entire system with if you in these 17 states that allow you to use the um, citizen ballot initiative process to amend your state constitution. If you were to get on there abolishment of political parties, you, you can really f- fuck the system up, you know, even mess up the, the presidential race. 
because that's what we're about. We're, we're about disruption. Um, also, as a side note, you might have seen it in your in your DM, but there's there was some good news today that I that I DM'd you. Maybe you know that was like the last thing, the last two stories that I DM'd you. I don't want to give it away because in case you want to put it as a story for tomorrow or for Sunday. Um, okay. Also, it was his when he was talking. It was more inspirational, aspirational rhetoric used to outline the problem and the goal but it lacked policy specifics to get to the goal. You know what I mean? I mean, cause it was just like, okay, here we go again with this uh, uh, charismatic leader t- telling us all the things we want to hear. I heard this with Obama, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, we heard it with, with Bernie too, but Bernie backed it up with, I want to do this policy, that policy, that policy, this policy, you know what I'm saying? And, and, what I was hearing is something from him was, you know, I mean, it's all good if he's talking that if he's not running for office. But if you running for office, you got to say, I mean, I, you know, like this, that, this, this policy, that policy, this policy, this is what I want to do. Instead of just, I mean, yeah, there's some things that, you know, there's some things that I could understand if he was talking about foreign policy and things that have that a president doesn't need Congress for where he could just do it as an act of executive order or whatever the case is, like dropping the charges for Assange or um, doing something with uh, Putin and Zelensky or whatever and sitting down, whatever the case is. Uh, yeah, I can understand that. But, you know, for the most part, people will want to know how you're going to fix their problems. You know what I mean? And I just saw just a lack of policy in that. You know, I, I guess I'm kind of echoing what uh, Ashura was saying, because the thing is, is that, um, you know, like I'm, I'm listening and even when it's like, okay, he said he's for reparations. Right. But he, I mean, he didn't really go that much into it. You know what I mean? Like he said, cash payments. Okay. Yeah, that's good. There was no talk of, I could tell that he didn't really study the, the know it like, you know, maybe, you know, know it like the back of your hand, like, you know, talk about, I want to bring back the Freedman uh, Bureau Bank. And and this time have it run by freedmen, okay, and not have it run into the ground by people who don't have our interests. But that was really the only policy that that I heard in terms of law. You know what I mean? Not not in terms of foreign policy, but in terms of law. Now, also when you was talking about Medea, uh, uh, not not Tyler Perry, Medea Benjamin, um, you would you you. you I was you okay? You probably forgot to um, do a follow up question where you said, yeah, "Okay, so he comes back with, yeah, you know, sometimes he said some. I forgot what it was, but what he made, he made it make sense about you have to work with whoever's in power, something like that. With Medea Benjamin is over here, Medea Benjamin's over there, whatever. But the the thing I thought she was going to hit him with because you had mentioned it before was that. Yeah, but how does she? How is it that her and Code Pink are able to get into these spaces that no other activist group can get into? I didn't. I didn't ask that question on purpose because that's not something that Cornell West would know the answer to. Got it. He's not. He's not a part of Code Pink, so I didn't feel like that was fair to ask him that question. Okay. So you did think about it. So at least that's that's cool. So you know. But here's the thing. He was talking about. Um, 
He was talking about, uh, 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 oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he was saying, uh, I got to get signatures to get on the ballot. So I'm like, okay. So I, I will say this. If anybody out there is like, is going to be amped up to say all of a sudden, get all this energy to be like, yo, we're going to get do a petition drive to get them on the ballot. I will say this. If you can find that energy and find it within yourself to to uh, do a petition drive to get them on the ballot, then I don't see what why you can't apply that for citizen ballot initiatives. That's right. I knew you was going to say that, Roger. I was like, watch, Roger's going to say something about the ballot signatures. I knew uh, it. Of course. <laughs> of course. Um. And I just and and this just this is just a little offshoot. I think uh, I, this might have been like, oh, were you talking about CNN on your show today? It's talking about it was going under. Un oh yeah, you talking? Yeah, you the talking CEO, about the CEO quit. The yes, CEO Chris quit. Yeah. Okay, so here, here's the thing. So just like how you was talking about, you know, these guys have Trump derangement system or whatever the case is, right? Yeah, I remember. Um, because you said, yeah, that's that's where their um, ratings were, so on and so forth. But they had a 12-year boom, okay, from Obama to Trump, because Obama was to Fox what Trump was to CNN and MSNBC. Mm. So they had that, they had a good thing going for a good 12 years. You feel what I'm saying? Because everyone forgets, like, I, I hear everybody, you know, whether it's Jimmy Dore, this person, that person. Oh, these people have Trump derangement syndromes. Like, have we not forgotten that Fox and Republicans had Obama derangement sy syndrome? They was talking about him coming out in a damn tan suit. Remember he came out in that tan suit and all the Republicans went crazy and they was talking about he's asking for Grey Poupon instead of Golden's Mustard or whatever the case is. So this is all to feed the beast of ratings. You know what I mean? So if, yeah. you know... It, it, I guess it hasn't been the same. Well, I don't. When did Ted Turner? Do you know when Ted Turner sold that? Sold CNN? I forgot. I but, think. I think the problem is though with the Trump derangement syndrome is that even after Trump lost to Joe Biden, they were still talking about Trump. I think. I think that's the problem with the Trump derangement syndrome. It, it, it extended beyond the presidency. Miss. <laughs> They MBC, <laughs> they be getting wet and moist. That's all they talk about. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, um, oh, so yeah, you talked about, um, so the FBI uh, violating First Amendment rights. Okay. So here's the thing. Their only thing is to, they're not, oh, it's funny. The CIA is operating on U.S. soil, which they're not supposed to, and the FBI is operating, you know, in foreign space, like they're not supposed to. You know, I'm like, what? what the hell is this? Oh. oh, what is that? I know, I know. Oh, PJ Hun, can you mute for just a second? There's background noise on your end. Thanks. So here's the thing: your job is to, um enforce law what laws have the 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 press people the independent media what laws have they broken i mean that is your job as law enforcement that's that's what that means it means to enforce the law law enforcement 
So what somebody is is doing some propaganda, you feel that they're doing disinformation, you're out you're operating outside the boundaries of what you're supposed to do. Okay? There is no laws that have been broken. If if you know Aaron Matei is doing his um doing his job and you don't agree with his job or or you know even going back to Jagger Hoover you know like oh the black panthers and the and the weathermen and so on and, oh, okay all right fine the weathermen was actually really went there they started blowing buildings up and shit so i can understand that but i mean the um it, it's it's political expression it's artistic expression it's um uh, uh speech it's freedom of the press Okay, what laws you got? I mean, not when I say you, I don't mean you particularly, Sabrina, but you got to tell me what laws, FBI, because I know you're listening, what laws have they broken for you to be going after them like that and telling them, oh, uh, working with, with the Ukraine people who don't even like black people. Let's, let's not forget that. Let's not forget um, before when those videos was coming out of Ukraine after the invasion, the way they with uh, uh, not letting African students leave the country. And then I started doing a little bit of research. They have a history of being racist. That's typical of Eastern Europe, by the way. Like for people who are not aware, because like I lived in Europe, um, the further East you go, that's actually not uncommon. Just for people who are are not aware. Like a lot of times, like Americans, when they go to Europe, they go to visit like Western Europe. They go to like, France, Italy, Germany, Spain, um, Norway, uh, you know, they're, they're on the Western side, right, of Europe. They go to Denmark, they go to the Netherlands, like things like that. Like most people are not going to some of those Eastern European countries like Ukraine or uh, I think actually I think Moldova is kind of towards over that way too, like they're, they're not going to those countries for the most part. I, th- I think the farthest East people might go is to Russia. And even then they're probably going to Moscow and Moscow is a little bit more of an international city, just like Barcelona. So it's a little bit different, but yes, when you go to those countries like Ukraine, you go to countries like Moldova, like they're not used to seeing, number one, they're not used to seeing black people like on the real. They're mm-hmm. not used to seeing people that don't look like them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a similar thing, although it's gotten a little bit better in South Korea in reference to that. But my dad had that experience when he was stationed in South Korea. They weren't used to seeing people like my dad. So that's changed a little bit now because I know there are um, Black Americans that are actually acting in South Korea. In fact, a, a friend of mine that I used to go to church with back in the day actually is an actor in action movies in South Korea. I don't know how he ended up there, but there, that's where he's at. And so I think there's a little bit of that, um, but still even today with South Korea, there's still a lot of racism because it is one of the more, um, I guess, homogenous countries. I think actually South Korea is the most homogenous country. So like, it's it's not common for you to see people that don't look like you. And I think that's important. People have to understand that. So, so, okay. So if it's, if it's like that, are they racist toward all people? No, they're usually racist towards people that don't have white skin. Ah, 
Okay. So everyone except themselves in white. Yeah, it's also (laughs) more conservative. Like, people have to understand that, too. Um, Even when we talk about, like, a country like Russia, like, there may be some issues economically where they're more, I guess, more, like, left on. Maybe some issues. But even when it comes to some of the social issues, they tend to be more conservative around issues like LGBTQ. And you'll notice that, like, if you ever visit those countries, like, it's not just Ukraine. Like, it's not as common there as it is in the United States for people to have, like, a pride parade and all that kind of stuff. Like, they're a little bit more conservative about those things. South America is also that way, too. Mm -hmm. So I think those are the kind of things, like, you'll see, like, if if you start to travel, like, globally, those are the kind of things that you'll start to see and you'll realize that, like, oh, wow, like... You know, I thought I thought socially those type of issues were a struggle here in the United States. But then if you go to some of those other countries, you realize like that's not even a thing. And that's not to mean that there aren't people who are that way. There are, but it's not a thing to be out in the open with it. Hmm. So they're pretty much. So, so see, okay. So with that said, I keep, well, I told you this before, but I keep hearing this thing, you know, like, uh, I think Jimmy was, Jimmy actually started saying it and everybody else started saying it, where he says, what, what, uh, what we do abroad comes here. And I always say, no, it's the opposite. It's the exact opposite. We practice here and then we take it abroad. Eugenics, anyone? Uh, Teddy Roosevelt was the first person to say we need to have a nationalized healthcare system, even though we never did it, other countries said, you know what, that's a good idea. Let's do that. So it's both good and bad. So we don't we don't practice abroad and bring it here. We practice here, perfect it, then take it abroad. You know, so oh, that's oh it. sorry, I realized I was muted. That's the whole thing with war abroad and um, connecting it to diplomacy at home, too. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing. Yeah. Like, it, it starts here first. Um, let me bring in uh, TJ. I think you are next. Let's bring you in, and then we'll go to Jonathan. Hey, all right. Great job tonight, Sabby, as usual. Uh, I really appreciate when he – I did feel that he did try to dodge some of the questions, but you always made sure you – like when he like uh you really kept on him about the the, the uh people's party you said that uh you know you kept you kept when he when I felt like he dodged that question I felt you did really good about coming back to it because a lot of people don't trust the people's party and also too about him uh will he endorse Joe Biden or will he promote any democrats and you all, you also came back to that as well and I did feel like he did try to elude again um I mean, I would have really loved, like, and he did say, I did like what he said about whistleblowers. I just wish that, you know, Tara Reid would have been brought up and be like, oh, man, cause in a way, she is somewhat of a whistleblower. Uh, she is over there uh, in Russia as well. So I did like he said he would do Snowden and Leonard Peltier, uh, those kinds of people. So uh, that was great. Uh, that's just, I mean, but. Uh, so let me ask you a quick question about Nick. Does he is Nick Brana his campaign manager? That was what he that alluded was what, to in the interview. 
Oh, okay. Well, I didn't know. Um, yeah. Uh, see, that that's man. So, uh, a lot of people right now, man, they just not gonna trust. I wouldn't trust Nate Brown with my my child's lunch money right now, and a lot of people feel the same way. Um, uh, uh, so I mean, that's but I, I, told I, I, I don't. I I do I, not see him leaving. Yeah, that's why I told him I would make the campaign manager Chris Hedges. Absolutely. And I and here's a way out of this. Okay, if he won't and this is the way I would kind of set it up. If he wants to be head of the party, okay. But uh I wanna see it somewhere in writing or somewhere like legal activity brought it where he does not have any control over the funds. The campaign manager and if, if somebody else would uh be so say if Chris Hedges would become his campaign manager. Uh, that would be great uh, because he's uh, apparently he made it pretty clear he's not leaving the People's Party. I mean, that's that's who he got promoted with. And that's where he, you know, he was there. He's been there since day one. They probably didn't come to him. I get that. But uh, right now, I mean, his camp, if he had a better campaign manager and the campaign manager strictly controlled those funds or. Do they have a? Do they have any type of treasurer or anybody like that? His dad, long, his dad is the treasurer. Brown does not touch these funds. You know that. I mean, he has to be hands off of his money. Well, I asked him about that, about the money, and he said that the thing is, when you're running a campaign, all those funds have to be reported to the FEC. That is true. Okay. That is true. It's just I just don't trust Nick Brana. Right. I don't, a lot of people don't. But like I said, I, and this is who he's going to stick with. And a lot of people right now, man, they're desperate. I mean, like people like me that, you know, I, I'm desperate. <laughs> um, but right now I'm, I'm just torn because a lot of people be, like me know about the Brown. A lot of people better knew that they're coming in. It's Cornel West. Who's he running with? Uh, People's Party. A lot of people don't know who the head of the parties are. Like, I don't even know who DNC chair is. Like, I don't know who GOP chair is, you know, Republican. I don't, I don't know who these people are. I don't know the chair. Know they are. The DNC chair is um the guy from South Carolina. Um, right. Oh, my God. The, the guy from Ronald South McDaniel. And Ronald huh? McDaniel. Ronald who? McDaniel. What happened to the other guy? No, no. I was, I was just saying he asked the GOP, uh, the RNC oh. chair. I was just saying Ronald McDonald. No, Ronald McDonald. Daniel. Oh, okay. The DNC chair is, is the guy who ran against Lindsey Graham. Uh, black guy ran against Lindsey Graham. I forget his name. Jamie Harrison? Jamie. Yeah, Jamie Harrison. He's an ass. Just FYI. I'm just letting you guys know from personal experience. He's an ass. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that's, that's great to know because, I mean, a lot of people, they don't, they don't know who, they have no idea who these people are. They just look at the candidate and be like, great. And uh, I, it would be nice. I, I, I still think Chris Hedges might be a part of his cabinet. I wish, I wish I, he would have like kind of hinted or kind of pointed towards if he is going to have it, who he's looking at towards on putting in his cabinet. Maybe just maybe one or two positions he was looking at. But uh, that's cool. And uh, I just wanted to, you know, not want to leave it long winded tonight. But you did a really good job. I feel like you asked really good follow up questions. Okay. And we'll know, well, and different people interview differently. So your personality really precedes you. Uh, everybody knows how you interview people. You're very courteous. You're very polite. Even as people you don't agree with that you have on the show, uh, you, you, you have a tendency to have an impression. 
And Cornell, and his, he said, uh, him and his wife said they watch you every night. So I don't know if you caught that. I'm sure you did. But, uh, and also, it, this is not going to be CJ, if C, like you said, if CJ and Nick, when he comes on RBN, and they, they had their own style of asking questions. If he goes on Jimmy Dore, Jimmy Dore is going to have his own style of interviewing him. You know, uh, people, you know, he's, you know, but like I said, your personality precedes you, and that's what makes you. That's what kind of that's what I like about you guys because Rome is out there right now. He's you know, I'm not going to say Rome's camera shot, but Rome does what he's got to do for people out there. Yeah. Actually, he's the one that got me involved in all this because I didn't know anybody until I, you know, I'm like, who, who's this guy? And I, I, that's how I found out through you guys through Rome because he does stuff for people and. Uh, that's how, you know, but everybody has their own, you know, uh, like Nick was trying to break down and everything, what you guys do. He, he covers media. You cover, JB covers, uh, um, you know, uh, social issues. and But, yeah, like I said, also uh, not kind of related to this, but going back to the Mike Figueroa, I mean, like, bro, like, you can't tell me. I, I mean, I mean, I understand Mike's concerned about, I mean, but look at JB's channel. JB doesn't even have 3,000. I mean, how is that possible? How, how can you, like, how can Mike be complaining when he's got, like, almost close to, a, what, 100,000 subscribers? Look at JB's channel. I know he comes on early in the morning. A lot of people can't catch him because he probably got to work. But, I mean, come on. If he's part of your network, there's no way. There's just no way he only has that many subscribers. You cannot tell me. That he only has not even he don't even have three thousand subscribers. That's the, that's the algorithm. Total, that's the algorithm. You guys total have it right, and you and he's got pretty decent amount of uh, likes on his videos. His his views are kind of low, but like I said, a lot you know they don't catch his show. But I mean, he doesn't even have three thousand subs, and that and, and to me that that's a red. I mean, you know, you know he's getting hammered. I mean, you know this. And, you know, I just don't, you know, he, he, he's not complaining, but I'm like, like I said, I, I get it. I mean, he's, he, and he was censored and that's great if he's, and I know, I think somebody reported, I think you reported or somebody said that, uh, he's back on the, he's back on track or I heard it from somewhere. I'm not sure if it was from you or, or somewhere else, but. It was me. It was like, me. Yeah. And like I said, I'm like I said, I'm not trying to be long winded. Um, but, uh, like I said, uh, um, is, uh, Oh, I know there's one more thing I was going to say uh, on ballot issues. He said he went back. They went back to Ralph Nader. He said they started six, on, on getting these ballot things going. He said they started 16 months earlier this time around. And he said it didn't take Ralph Nader half as long. Well, you know, things have changed since Ralph Nader has run. And, uh, you know, I don't know how much. I'm pretty sure a lot more has changed and more restrictions have been put on third parties. So, I don't know. I mean, he sounds confident. I mean, him being Cornell West, he should not have trouble getting ballot access in all these states. But like I said, he's man. I don't know, man. I just just feel like you know he needs to get an early start on this and kind of find out what's going on. But like I'm I said, sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure just, he's, he's gonna have any trouble getting access. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure they have this figured out. That's why I asked what the strategy was because I mean. You know, I mean, Dr. West is aware. He understands, you know, and for people who were saying, why not run independent? Well, one thing I want to make you aware of is 
unfortunately, in some states in this country, you have to have party affiliation. And if you're just running as an independent, you won't be able to get on the ballot at all. That's probably why he decided not to run as an independent. Right. Okay, well, that's all. Like I said, great job. And uh, I hope you... Uh, I can't wait to see... uh, uh, when is he going to be an RBN? Do you do you know? I think I think either next week or the week after. I'm 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 not okay. certain just yet, but but you're right. People do have different styles of interviews, um, and so- that's why that's why all you guys are so critical to this. And like I said, this is and I actually emailed you to be on your show because I like literally <sighs> I've given up hope. I have. Um, you in Texas, right? You in Texas. What's that? Where, where you at? In uh, no, uh, no I, I'm uh, I'm purple. I had sent, I had emailed. Yeah, I, I contacted Savvy through email about uh, doing a mutual aid summit because I, I think that's what needs to be done right now. And you all of a sudden, you know, all this happened. Uh, Cornell, Cornell West run, um, and all this stuff's going on. And I just, I just don't want this to be another distraction. Because I look at my daughter right now. That's my daughter in my profile pic of my wife. Uh, she's six years old. So I'm looking at trying to get her education. I'm, I want to do stuff. What's going to be done for her in her lifetime? You know what I'm saying? Like, my, my, I mean, years, bro. That's that's how many that's how many cycles. That's four, eight. That's three three presidents right there. What's going to happen? What's going to happen during you know trying to get this you know progressive policies done? You know, in, in, in four years, that's why I say, like, I think our number one concern right now should be mutual aid. And we started talking about and it was going down a road where we was talking about donating to politicians, like in general. And, you know, and then but Cornel Rest came and he's running third party and everybody's right now. This is this is why this is so interesting right now, because we got what we wanted. We got what we asked for. We got a candidate that's a big name that's running third party now. The party he's running through, yeah, but we do have the candidate, and a lot of people like this guy. A lot of people love this guy. Um, so right now it's just like it to me, but it feels to me like right now, and this and this might just be me, but it feels to me that something always comes up every election cycle to bring people that want to get out of the to quit voting entirely back into the voting system. Because now we got okay, Robert F. Kennedy Jr. Oh wow, okay, well he's he's an interesting guy. I mean, he appeals to. He, I'm pretty sure he appeals to a lot of Republicans and Democrats. Now we got, oh, Cornell West. Oh, it's over. We got third party. It's over. It's, we got a third party candidate. No, that's why we're. That's Let's bring in more people. Well, like myself is. Well, I'm sorry, but yeah, once one second, really quick. Um. That's why we we were launching the RBN chapters. I mean, Absolutely. we've been announcing this like over and over. I mean, I know I've sent it out in right. my newsletter at least three times now. So that's why we're launching the chapters to continue the mutual aid e- uh, efforts. But Absolutely. I think that we can. I think we can walk and chew gum at the same time. So the sure. I mean, I'm not like, saying giving up. And like in another thing that you also brought up, do not give up on state and local politics. Like when marijuana came on my on my my state ballot, I voted for it. My wife voted for it. My father's got the since he's he's he has chronic back disease. He uh, and we got it legalized here in Mississippi medically. When it so don't and I'm not saying give up on state ballots either. And I'm not saying to give up on third parties because this is something new. I mean, it just feels like wow, we was just. I mean, but 
But we were talking about like don't donate to Democrats and Republicans. Now we have a third party candidate. We're like, oh man, now we can donate again, you know. No, nope, I didn't tell like, anybody to wait a minute now. I didn't tell anybody to donate anything. Right, 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 right. I'm, I'm just saying what, what's on a lot of people's minds. I wasn't trying to put those words in your mouth. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to like feel what other people are thinking, like myself, because myself is like, you know, I'm to the point where I wasn't even going to vote anymore. You know, after this, I was done with electoral on, on a federal yeah. level. It didn't Can matter. And you know, yeah. Go ahead. I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah. You said you voted for um, uh, uh, cannabis on, on the ballot. What, what was that? North Dakota or what was that? No, this is in Mississippi. My father's got Parkinson's disease and the mention of Lewy bodies. I'm his, I'm his primary caregiver. And uh, um, yeah, when it came out, I voted for it. And like ballot, state ballot initiatives like that, man, are really good to vote for. I know Sabby did a podcast a while back about, uh, uh, I don't know what it was, uh, but she did a show on it. It was really good. And, uh, and she was voting for something. She was showing how it was done of a Massachusetts ballot in the Boston area. And it, and it was like, yeah, the, those things we should focus on. Absolutely. And what Jack is doing is great. Absolutely. And a lot of people, like I said, a lot of people have given up hope. We've been heartbroken. Bernie Sanders crushed us. TJ, TJ. Yeah. Um, So do you know what's going on with the process in Mississippi right now with the ballot initiative process? Uh, I know what they have. It's it's already been done for him. My, My father has already got his card. He's already got his prescriptions card. Uh, no, no, he no, had, I, I meant with the process. process. You know what's going on with the uh, with the ballot initiative process. Oh, I have man, I have no idea. Like, it's, it's what as far okay. as cannabis right, so, goes. So, oh, 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 no, no, no. Not, I'm talking about the process. I'm not talking about what you passed. Oh okay. no, go ahead. I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. All right. So in 1992, you guys did um, pass an amendment for a distribution requirement. Okay. Okay. What that means is you have to get a certain amount of signatures and it's specifically said from all five from all five congressional districts. Okay. Okay. Now the problem was you guys had exodus out of the state. So then at the beginning of this century, the beginning of this millennial, you guys lost the congressional district, but you guys were still passing, um, you know, your citizen initiatives because Mississippi uh, used to be um, only be able to do citizen ballot initiative amendments to ratify their own amendments into the state constitution. Like you didn't, you didn't do it through law. Okay. okay. So okay. what happened was, um, it might have been the it might have been the weed cannab- um, cannabis thing that pushed the legislature over the edge, because what happened was. Um, Someone took it to court and said, these initiatives are unconstitutional because um, the, the amendment passed, ratified in 1992, said that uh, the distribution, you got to get signatures, a certain percentage of signatures from all five congressional districts. And now you guys only have four. So what happened was the judge put the initiative process on hold. So now, so now, the, uh, the, uh, so so now the Mississippi legislature is going to craft an initiative, a legislative initiative, 
to uh, put before you guys for ratification where you guys will no longer be able to um, uh, ratify your own amendments, but instead they want to give you the, they want to make you like Idaho, Alaska, Wyoming, Maine, Utah, Utah and Washington. Washington. You could only use the initiative process to pass and repeal laws, but not to amend your own, ratify your own amendments. And the reason why is because after the whole abortion thing or whatever, they want to take that away. So what would, what that would mean is if you guys pass a law through the citizen ballot initiative, they have the power to repeal it or amend it without having to ask you. Okay. Uh, so unlike when you were able to do it as an amendment to your state constitution. So I'm, so that's like what's going on right now. They're trying to, uh, they're, they're trying. I mean, you could vote yes when if you want to. If but just understand that amendment that they will put before you will only give you the power to pass and repeal your own laws, which they can just take away. Um, you know, without having to ask you. You want to be able to go back to amending your own uh, constitution. So that's that's the update. Okay, yeah. appreciate and that information. The thing is, um, that that is why I do have to wrap up pretty soon. But that is yeah, why like, we are discussing. Like, I mean, we are still like launching like the chapters and stuff like that. That's you know where the mutual aid efforts come in, and then we can teach you guys how to do it where you live. You know, as as well. But I don't want you to feel like you have to do uh, electoral politics. I mean, my show, I can't speak for everyone at RBM, but my show is news and interviews. And oh, so yeah. whatever is news is is what I'm going to discuss. Um, but I think that, you know, if you want to put your focus primarily in mutual aid efforts, then I think that's where you should put your focus. Uh, but I do. There is a segment of my audience that does want to do both. They want to do mutual aid and they want to, you know, do electoral politics. So I cover both. Absolutely. And, and there is. Yeah. 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 I mean, y'all guys can cover whatever y'all want to. I mean, a lot of people call y'all out. Um, uh, and you know, y'all been even called out for mutual aid. I'm not going to list any names, but if you just go pay attention to Twitter, uh, a lot of activists from mutual aid have called you a hypocrite. And I'm like, why? How? How? How are they hypocrites? If somebody brings water to my community, like it's it's like you help you either help everybody or you don't help out anybody. Like somebody came to when me and Rome were handing out water, we didn't ask, hey, did you vote for Joe Biden? Okay, you're not getting any water. Hey, did you vote for Donald Trump? Hey, you're not getting any water. Hey, you know, do you uh, do you support uh, uh, women's rights? Okay, you're not getting any water. Hey, I mean, you, you, I mean, you, you either and that's the same with politics. You either help you either help everybody or you help nobody. That's just how it works. Also, think about this: that right there, the mutual aid, is how you build the infrastructure. Because everything is transactional, okay. If I if I go and 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 help induce like do like a mutual aid event or help someone, whatever the case is, now I just got um, someone that's gonna want to you know like, hey, what can I do for you? Oh, okay. Well, you know what? You can amass an army of people, and now you can do, use that to leverage right. a ballot initiative. That's right. You see what I'm saying? Instead of going cold yep. and going, hey, we're going to do a citizen ballot initiative. The ballot initiative. Don't get my language right. Yeah. They know who you are. 
and you're in the community, they trust you. You built a relationship with these people. You've built trust with these people. No amount of big money ads thrown against it will ever work because you've built a network of mutual aid in your state where they, no, I know those guys. You know what I'm saying? You know, you develop a personal relationship with that person because that person has known that you have physically done something in their life that has been meaningful to them. And there's something that they're like, okay, this man gave me water when I didn't have, you know, when I needed it. This guy gave me like 20 bucks. Why, you know, it, just the little thing is going to make somebody, you know, any kind of help. And that's how you develop relations. And that's, and that's exactly through these chapters. That's exactly how you start. Uh, if you want to go in a route, you know, starting a third party, you know, a newer third party. So, yeah, I definitely agree with everything that you guys are doing when it comes to, you know, veering uh, away from the, the corporate owned parties and doing mutual aid. I mean, that's that's what that's a great thing. And uh, Sabrina, I got like- some good news. Great. Um, I, I do want to make sure I oh, we lost Vince. I, I think I don't know what happened to Vince. I think he dropped off. Okay, well, I, I, I got Sabby, but I, oh, y'all did a great job tonight, and I appreciate it. I got to run, so I'll uh, I'll catch you guys later. Great job Thanks. tonight. Thanks so much, TJ. Got- okay, I want to bring in Vince because I know you've been waiting for a minute. Vince, you just have to unmute. Hello? There you go. Hey, Sabby. Hey, how are you? Um, I'm good. I uh, just decided to install the app just to get in on this conversation just because I was really excited about Cornell West running for president. So I was just curious because I have not been following this story at all, but I've watched your interview today. Um, I watched his interview with Amy Goodman yesterday. Um, I keep seeing people saying Nick Brana has to go, and I have not been following that story at all. I was wondering <laughs> if I could just get a, a Cliff's notes on what's going on. What's going on with that? Because I do remember back in 2016 watching Colonel or. Uh, Watching Dr. West and Nick Brana on Amy Goodman's show together when they were first put together a movement for a People's Party to draft Bernie Sanders. And I've followed it a little bit since then, but um, I, I don't know why everyone wants the founder of this. Uh, organization to be removed and I need to educate myself maybe this is uh, not the appropriate place to oh, be boy. asking this which one of you can do this uh, faster than me I'm, I'm pretty sure which one of you on the panel want to break this down really quick for Vince what happened with um with with Nick Brana and People's Party anyone feel free to unmute and chime in going once Going twice. Sent him the video. Oh, man, you're looking for a, a life preserver here, huh, Sappy? <laughs> I, 
So, 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 so. All right, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. I'll, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. So I, I'm he, sorry, this is probably not the appropriate place to be asking. No, this. it's all good. It's all good. I mean, no, part of our deal it's here. Just, it just takes a while to unravel. But part of our deal here, you know, is that we're educating people and trying to, you know, get people clued in. So, so let's okay. see. So, so Brana started the party. It, it's definitely been like, like his, his baby, and. It was. It kind of had a good start. There were there were issues with like there with with the volunteers, and there were there were people talking about feeling that there were there were problems around race and and black volunteers being being kind of shut out. A lot of this stuff has been hard to really you know get a real handle on. You know whether how much of these are really you know, solid issues. How much of this is other stuff going on? Could there be infiltrators? But, you know, there's definitely been like, like issues with that. Probably the biggest thing in all this is that the party just ended up never taking off. And you had a lot of people get discontented and and leaving and whatnot. And it kind of, it's done a lot of floundering. It's never really had candidates. So like, those are are kind of the, the complaints. And then you had, um, Zenith Day accused Nick Brana of sexual assault, and that's been, you know, and that's gone on for a while, and that's been been out there. Um, is is there an actual? It's never, and it's never gone to a court. Actual, uh, okay. It's never gone to a court. Yes. There's never been any criminal charges or anything like that. So, but I don't know. I think I've captured a chunk of it. It's, it's, it's um, been a mess of things. There were also complaints about yeah. the finances for the party and oh, how yeah. the money was being used and and that kind of thing. I interviewed Nick Brana and um, Zineb um, last year. So I did interview both of them um, about it. And I also interviewed volunteers from MPP as well. Now, I got to say this. I'm about to keep it real. What has been really strange to me is that some people have been complaining about this party for over two years. And it almost kind of seems like off behavior. I have seen there is there are emails and DM screenshots that I have seen um, of people that it, it definitely appears to me that were infiltrators. And I'm not going to you know, call anybody by name, but some of these people have had the same issue in other organizations that they were a part of. And it just seems really weird to me when people spend all their time on social media, just totally trying to discredit this party. I get it. You don't like Nick Brana. I'm not fond of Nick Brana. You know, I have my issues, you know, with it as well. But the thing is, is when I constantly spending your time just talking about that on social media. Then I start to look at you side eye. And then when I receive information that shows that, yeah, you really are an infiltrator, you know, it's uh, that's part of the problem. Also, there was infiltration. And what people need to understand is that two things can be true at the same time. It could be true that you know, the, the finance issues, that all, all those things. I saw some of the messages that were in the Slack, the racial stuff. I saw those things. Those things were true that the volunteers complained about. But it can also be true that there were people that were a part of MPP 
that were infiltrators and wanted to run Democrats. And I've seen information confirming that as well. That's the problem that you have is that both of these things have been true. So it's just, and then there's also the issue with Paula Jean Swearingen. Some of the things that Paula Jean Swearingen has said have been proven to be false. And I'll give an example. She went on Jimmy Dore's show and she said that AOC owned that bar. I did my research and so did other people. There was nothing that shows that AOC owned the bar that she worked at. Now, did AOC have a startup? Absolutely. Is AOC this working class, just bartender person? No, she wasn't. She did have other things that she was working on beforehand, but that was the image that she wanted to sell through Justice Democrats. And some of those people that were complaining about MPP also were a part of either Justice Democrats or brand new Congress. So they came from that Democrat you know, womb, so to speak. And those organizations weren't honest either. So the thing is with me, I have seen a pattern. And so for me, it's just like, look, I have several criticisms about AOC, but it's one thing to have criticisms about things you can prove and another thing to just outright lie. And that was a lie that she owned that bar. She did not. So that's the other thing. So Paula Jean Swearingen had gotten to the point where she was basically tagging people on Twitter about MPP. And then it got to the point where it wasn't even about MPP anymore. It was about Jimmy Dore. So she was tagging people about Jimmy Dore and I never responded. So because I didn't respond, she decides to put out a tweet saying that I lied to protect Jimmy Dore. Keep in mind, I never responded to any of her tweets. And I was able to show that, that I never responded. And so that was, again, another time I caught Paula Jean Swearingen in a lie. Paula Jean Swearingen also uh, heavily attacked Professor Zinkis, who actually was an ally of Zineb and of Paula and stood in their corner and defended them multiple times. And because he said, listen, just because Sabrina said Jimmy Dore was right about force the vote doesn't mean that you know, she's a People's Party supporter or whatever. And Paula Jean Swearingen took that and blew it up and made it something that it wasn't. Next thing I know, she blocked all these people. So that, that was another problem too. There were other people that were speaking things that were proven not to be true. And Paula Jean Swearingen was one of those people. She's not credible. Okay. Um, I, I just have, I, I don't want to keep you up too late. I'm, I'm it's, it's really late for everyone, I'm sure. I, I just had to ask, um, uh, I think it was Eric. Um, I believe you said that, um, I believe you said that uh, uh, there was an accusation of financial fraud and sexual harassment. Yes. Nick? Okay. Um, were there any charges? No. Um, okay. So it's just accusations. Right. Yeah, the, okay. it's always um, it, it's always been at the level of accusations. Okay, so I think. This is this is my this is my concern and just keep in mind um I have to you know teach you know educate myself on on everything that's going on. I I'm just I I'm just voting for Cornell West. I I, I really don't care about the anything else, but um 
so Julian Assange was accused of way worse things and um, WikiLeaks didn't get rid of him. Otherwise, we wouldn't have had all of the documents that Assange was responsible for releasing. Um, so, and then uh, Sanders' wife was accused of financial crimes with a, a, a college that she worked for. Um, yeah, uh, and uh, Jeremy Corbyn was accused of uh, anti-Semitism, which um, I do believe in the UK hate speech is uh, a crime. Um, and none of these charges, none of these people were charged. Um, I'm just worried that this will keep happening to new movements, new organizations, to people in leadership positions, and um, we will keep uh, falling for this over and over again. I, I'm not saying that Nick Brana didn't do these things, I don't know, but the fact that you said it was two years ago when these accusations were made? Well, there's different ac there's different accusations that happen at different points in time. Okay. So the sexual harassment complaint, which was filed with the MPP board, um, okay. that actually is more recent. So that okay. was last year. I interviewed them last year. Um, but the financial stuff and the racism like allegations that was okay. that was before that so there's been ongoing issues for the past two years but what i'm saying is is that there have been some people that have been like i swear like their sole purpose on fucking twitter is just <laughs> to talk about nick brana mpp and jimmy Dore. like they have nothing else to say and so those people i look at you as though you are a fucking op like that is fucking ridiculous okay. you're not but down I, with I, I hope everybody i'm sorry I, I just hope everybody understands my concern um because i saw a lot of people um during your interview saying nick brana has got to go and i didn't know why and i <laughs> You know, even after that explanation, I'm I'm not sure if you know cut, cutting off the the head of this organization is the best idea. Um, One of the problems that's kind of happened with all this is, is that Nick Brana has been kind of the face of of MPP or People's Party, okay. and that's that's been. A problem. I, I think there has been a leadership issue there where he was not able to kind of gather around him a, a core of people and, and kind of have it be more of a, of a group and more of a of a thing. And and you know, I think the hope is, you know, to be positive and looking forward is that maybe that can happen now. Right. Sabby, I got some good news. The size of the organ. Hello? Hello? Hi. I'm here. Uh, can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay. Um, does anybody know the size of the membership of the People's Party? 
We don't. I mean, a lot of things kind of fell by the wayside over time, to be honest with you, because of every all the different things that were coming out. To be Those honest. teams have been a lack of transparency. So, yeah, we don't know things like that. Okay. Sabrina. Um, uh, can you let him finish real quick? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought he was done. I thought he was done. My bad. Sorry. Uh, I'm, Keep I'm, going. I'm just, I'm just here to learn, guys. Um, uh, so... Uh, I'm, I apologize if I ask questions that have already been answered. Um, no, they're, they're good I, questions and good points, Vince. Okay. Um, yeah. Because um, I'm just wondering who else is in a leadership position for the organization, what the size of the party is currently for as far as membership goes. Um, kind of what, what happened is, is yeah. the thing the, the things seem to kind of fall apart is what has seemed to have happened in the last few months. And really just, a, it seems there have been a mass exodus of people. Okay. At all yeah, levels. I think, I think some of these people kind of got used to going on camera and showing their face and, you know, uh, people, some people are still doing that today. They're still like going on camera on different, different people's shows to complain about the people's party. And honestly, I'm quite, I'm honestly quite tired of it. And I, I'm not even like, a fan of the people's party i'm not even a part of the people's party but i just feel like if you can do all that fucking complaining about the corruption in the people's party but you you can't say shit about what's happening with the corruption in the democratic party i'm looking at you with a side eye huh no that's uh that's that's very true it just seems like um i'm i'll, I'll go on the People's Party website tomorrow, but um, I, uh, I I haven't heard anything specific like about the other than what you've already said. Um, I, I, I just hope that you know there's there's a lot of people here just in this calling group. I just hope that people aren't going to throw out the baby with the water with this because yeah. You know, I'm, I hear you I'm too, going thanks. to write in Cornell West's name. You know, I, I voted for Jill Stein twice. I voted for Cynthia McKinney. Um, and I'm, I'm more excited about voting for Dr. West than Dr. Stein or McKinney or or anyone prior. Uh, so I'm I'm hoping that everyone else is equally excited about this. And maybe, you know, if if Cornell West decides that, you know, whatever is happening behind the scenes with this new party, that he is fully capable of making his own decisions. And I'm very confident that he's going to make the best decisions for himself. So I'm, I'm just hoping that people will start looking at it from that angle and start being more um, centered in hope and um, not falling hook, line, and sinker for, you know, whatever accusations have come out and will come out in the future. Because, you know, if if people can say Bernie Sanders was a sexist and a racist, and um, then I, I guarantee, you know, there's going to be a whole lot of, you know, a whole lot of things slung at Cornell West in the next year as he's trying to uh, run a uh, campaign. So that's all I wanted to say. And I'll hang up now. I just want to say thank you very much for uh, hosting this.
and for the interview today. Thank you so much. Totally feel you there. Um, okay, I do want to make sure I do need to wrap up. So I'm going to go to a kid and um, I don't know what happened to Jonathan. I, I thought I had Jonathan up here, but then I lost him. Go ahead, a kid. Hey, Savvy, can you hear me okay? I can hear All you. Right. Thank you, everybody, for uh, listening. I've been listening the whole show. Uh, I just didn't call in, you know, to speak up or whatever. But, uh, you know, I think the first thing, you know, I, I heard one of the guys, I don't know if, uh, if it was Ashura or Bat Cookies that was saying, or I can't remember what the guy that was saying, you know, he, he was losing some hope. And I never lose hope, man. You know, I've had people in my family that have gone through a lot of, a lot of, you know, fighting for their life kind of thing. And, and I look at people that don't have legs, don't have, you know, arms or whatever. You got to keep fighting, man. And, and this thing here where we have Cornell West, one of my heroes growing up as a, as a young person and reading his book, I fell in love with the guy when I started to read about his history and how he would stand up to power. We're blessed to have him and, and we should fight for him. And, and, and I know, you know, I know Roger doesn't like to have, you know, uh, like create heroes or whatnot. But sometimes you need people out there. And, and I think Cornell has the history behind him of a person who has stood up for those that have the least. And the same way that the, the right wing parties unite behind somebody, we need to unite behind someone like Cornell West because he deserves that much. And whether uh, Nick uh, Brana, you know, all the questions that come up about him and you, you stated some of the, 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 the ops you know, all these things that you just mentioned, uh, Savvy, where you, you laid it out really well, that maybe there have been these things happening simultaneously. He shouldn't have been, in a sense, you know, having an affair or, or dating somebody in the group. He shouldn't, he should have known better. But it happens. You know, that stuff happens in life. Well, and, he, was, he was dating his, his employee, though. Yeah, yeah, he shouldn't like, have been doing that. He was that. the boss. He should not have been doing that. And that and that's, you know, it's kind of it kind of questions his judgment 100 percent. He should not have done that, especially with all the other things that had already happened. Right. But the focus should not be him. The focus is that we have someone like Cornell. And again, I go back to how, you know, the Tea Party, people that unite behind somebody and they just push for their own agenda. We need to do some of that and not be so caught up with just, you know, this purity test around Nick Brana. He should move out of the way because I think people are going to have questions about him. But it is his baby, so it's going to be difficult to do that. But look at the caller just before. He doesn't know it. He didn't know anything about this. Even after we gave him, after the, the panel kind of gave him a bird's eye view, uh, a condensed version of what's happened, he still kind of says, hey, especially after you spoke, uh, Savvy, uh, you know, he kind of said, well, you know what? I'm still going to vote for Cornell. And I think we need to get behind that because there is an opportunity here to push for something beyond ourselves. And I always, you know, positivity, think positive of what we could do with what we have in front of us. And that's the way I'm looking at it, you know, so. I hear you. I feel like we're never going to actually get a third party movement started if people just keep, I mean, there's going to be, there's going to be issues, um, you know, constantly, you know, constantly. There's, there's always going to be issues. And we cannot have those purity tests. We have to align on certain things that we want to fight together on. And there's things that we're not going to, 
we're not going to be aligned on. But having somebody like like him that can push a thir- the, the idea of a third party, the idea of having uh, medical Medicare for all and all kinds of other things that he would fight for, supporting Palestinians. I mean, you name it. This guy would push for us. He's there's still little things that he has that are not going to be what we want them to be. So what? So what? Still, the, the biggest points that, he, that he's going to have behind him are going to be things that we're going to stand up for. So think about that. We can't have everything, man, no matter what. We can't have everything in life. It doesn't, it doesn't work out that way in life. So if you have something in front of you that makes the most sense for you, like Cornell does for us, we got to get behind that. We, and we still need to do all the other things. You know, Everything else that we talk about on your show, we still need to do that. That shouldn't stop us from supporting him. So I, I just want to share that, you know, being strong-minded, being positive, don't give up. I believe in that. 80. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for that. Okay. Um, I am going to head out because it is getting kind of late. Um, but thank you guys so much for joining in. Um, it's been a, it's been an awesome discussion, guys. I have to get up early, so. No problem. I was just going to say I got someone to sign up independent in my car when it, she was list, he he was listening to you. On, oh, wow. On. Hey, this is the just like the Mandalorian says, this is the way. Yeah, that, that was the good news I was trying to tell you, because because what happened was she was like, who's this? Who are you listening to? I had to give give the whole history. First, I got to tell him what call in was then I had to tell him about the show. Then we got into a discussion about Democrats being sucky. And then he was just like, here's the thing. The easiest people. Oh, I gave him, I gave him a voter registration. So who you, who you registered as Democrat here? Here's a voter registration card. It's already pre-selected. No party. He was just like, thanks. No problem. You know, here's the thing. The easiest people to get signed up on the no party are black people under 50. It was no problem. Like it was like preaching to the choir. I didn't have to tell him how bad Democrats. He already he he already got that. The hardest people to get are white liberals or white progressives. Oh, I'm scared that you know the, a, a, a terrible person is going to make it out the primary. I won't be able to vote in the primary. Blah 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 blah. I don't even waste my time with them. I get all the people in. I try to get all the people in the hood. That un, that under fifty. He he was already there. He was just like, yeah, give me that thing, boom. So that's where the target needs to be. And uh, a kid, eighty percent of our focus shouldn't be behind a human being or can it? Should be behind these ballot initiatives. Because even if he wins, he only got two terms. You know what I mean? We got to do the long. You're term. right, Roger. That's why I always put that caveat for you, man. You're right. You're on point. <laughs> You know, 80 percent seeing what we could get done in the states using a ballot initiative. Uh, and it's more important who your governor is. OK, than who your president is. Pay attention to that. I know that I know the federal soaks up all the energy in a room and so on and so forth. But t- pay attention to what your state lawmakers and governors are. I don't know if you're in a ballot initiative state or not. OK, but if you are, put your focus on that. That's it. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. Um, all right. I am heading out, guys. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. 
Um, I'll be back live tomorrow night. And other than that, see ya. See ya. You down with MPP? No, hell no, not me. <laughs> Good morning. Oh, <laughs> Peace. <laughs>